The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Big Sills! Dual threat. Dual threat. One more time. Dual threat. Anthony Richardson out four to eight. Dual threat. You think they're going to be able to build that franchise around Anthony Richardson? Do you think you're going to build a future around Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis. Do you really? Do you really? How many years do you project Anthony Richardson plays at a high level in Indianapolis being a dual threat? How many, how many, how many years? I know Jalen's a 15-year guy in your eyes. What do you think Anthony Richardson's ceiling is for how many years he'll play? Two to three? Oh, my God. Two to three? And he's a first-round pick? Holy cow. That guy's going to have a shorter reign than that Pope that got poisoned decades ago. Are you kidding? Two to three? Man. Hey, that's a quality pick. Holy cow. Dual threat. (laughs) Holy cow, man. Yeah, I can't wait. (laughs) I cannot wait. Holy cow. This is... this. Yeah. He's out four to eight. He's the first one to go down. Oh, wait. Murray's still out. We're still young on the season, though. Okay? We're still we're still young. You can't build your franchise around a dual-threat quarterback for an extended period of time. But today's NFL, three years is a long time. Okay? Nobody's building a team for 10 years. At max, you're building it for five. No matter if that's Cincinnati or if it's Philadelphia. Honestly, you don't look, nobody gives a shit about 10 years from now. They care more about 10 minutes from now than 10 years from now. Okay? So, again, hey, we're going to get into a little bit in a early look at the Jets here. But before we do that, we want to get going here with our Hooters giveaway. And we've been very proud of this, and we really appreciate everybody with our great friends at Hooters that we are able to give gift certificates out each and every single day. Well, actually qualified people each and every single day. And all you have to do is email 
us and Tone's going to throw a code word out throughout the four hours of the program. And all you have to do is email us the information and you will win an opportunity to get yourself a gift certificate. We do this all the time. And on Monday, a football Monday, we announce our winners like Mike and Don. And all you have to do is email us when Tone throws out that, that, that word. There's, there's the email, show at Gmail. When the code word goes out throughout the four hours, all you have to do, okay, all you have to do is email us your info. We'll announce the winner on Monday. Good luck to you. By the way, another packed show. The segment with our friend, Tone, Kayla Santiago from our post-game show. He's going to join us at 4.30. I can't wait to talk to her, get her thoughts on the Philadelphia Eagles, what she sees going into this Jets game. We move Seth Joyner to tomorrow. So Seth will be with us tomorrow at 2.30. We had a great time on his show last night. Uh, my aunt watched it. She loved it. She said, you and Seth are just absolutely great together, and I really enjoy going on the program with him. So that was fun last night. He's going to make a visit with us. That'll be tomorrow at 2.30. So we will talk once again with our friend Seth Joyner. That'll be all tomorrow, and we look forward to it, along with Chris Sims also will join us on a Thursday as we get ready for Thursday night football. I, w- I want to throw this out at you one more time here, and I want to get this out there to you about how the NFL blackballs people. You know, uh, and, and again, I'm, I'm not going back over the Colin Kaepernick story. I'm not going back over to try to litigate whether it's right or wrong that he was not given an opportunity. I don't want to do that. But look what the league does to players when they don't want you in the league. Hell, even Tim Tebow, they called him an overzealous religious fanatic. Did you ever, I mean, they tried to give him an opportunity because of what Urban Meyer did in Jacksonville, but nobody really wanted that guy on a football team. You're telling me he couldn't be a third team guy? With some of the bums we have in the NFL today, shit, Ian Book had a job. Okay, so the NFL doesn't like noise. Look what they did to Jalen Carter. They labeled him an immature problem when he's not. He had a bad moment, a horrific moment. But look what the NFL did pre-draft. They labeled them. Look at how they label players. It's a stigma. That's not true to the kid. I do not believe that he is an immature kid. We're all immature at 20. You crazy? I'm barely mature now. He's a 20-year-old kid who made a mistake, a tragic mistake. But the NFL wants to label the guy a problem child. He lost millions of dollars because the NFL labeled him that. Put a stigma on him. Put a stigma on him. Not right. But that's what the league does. It's what the league does, man. 
This kid has been everything, in my opinion, that we sit here and we are just relishing watching him grow as an NFL player and also as a man. This is the due diligence, and I'll tell you something else. I got to give Howie credit for this, and I think we all should give Howie credit for this. He trusted the Georgia guys on the team to vouch for him and Tracy Rocker. Howie went okay. Okay. That's big. Howie Roseman trusts more people today than he's ever in his entire life. Because he's got a lot of decisions to make that rely on the success of that football team. He's not just a GM. He picks the coaches. He picks the players. Pretty much is involved in the type of schemes they run on both sides of the ball. And the reason for that is so he can be, get this, I don't think it's really that out of line in what he does by making sure that they have the same system on both sides of the ball. You know why? Don't you think, how about this one here? Over the last couple of years, do you not think that Howie has really hit on players in free agency, UDFAs? Because why? You're not constantly interchanging the schemes every four years or every three years when you lose a coordinator. You're playing one style of football so that you can go out and get the proper personnel to know exactly what you're looking for. I think what it does, it reduces failures in free agency. Am I right when I say that? And I think it also helps in your drafting. How many times, like here, let's let's do this here. Let, it, 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 it's a lot of involvement for your GM. But look, look at our government, okay? Look at the White House. Every four years, the political philosophy changes. It's so inconsistent, our government. Democrat, Republican, Democrat, Republican. We go from one side and we ping pong, we ping pong. If you had one stable set of rules, one stable government, one good government, you'd get more done. That's what he's doing with the Eagles here. When you have a style of defense and a style of offense and you're plugging players in because you know what the identity of what you're looking for, it makes it just common sense that you're going to be able to pick and not have as many misses in free agency as you have in the past. I think it's actually a brilliant way to go about finding free agents. Look at Nicholas Morrow. Now, again, they had given up on him. They fired him. They cut him. They cut him. Then they brought him back. Because this is what they've done. They haven't changed their philosophy. you got two brand-new coordinators. Two brand-new coordinators. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed except what? The players. That's Howie. That, to me, it, it alleviates higher probabilities of failures. Okay? I, I, I mean it, man. I think it gives him a better idea of what to look for. Yeah, that guy kind of reminds him. Like, look at the kid they just picked up. 
and put him in the slot. Yeah, kind of, you know, kind of fits the mold of what we're looking for here. Okay. He fits what we're looking for. I think it's pretty smart how they do it. Good stuff, man. Okay, good stuff. All right, let's move on to a early look at the Jets and the Eagles here. By the way, ton of stuff, man. Ton of stuff today. Absolutely loaded. All right. How many people are concerned about this Jets game on Sunday? When you look at the Jets, how concerned are you with this team? I'll say this to you. Jets are not as scary as they would have been if they had Aaron Rodgers. Okay? So they're not as scary as this game could have been. I'm concerned about every game. That's the mentality you should have. And you never, you know know what? I think I even wrote that down. You know what the Eagles do a really great job of that Dallas has not mastered? The Eagles do such a great job at beating teams they should beat. Okay? They do a fabulous job at beating teams they're supposed to beat. And I do think it's a week-to-week mentality that they have. That is a culture thing that Dallas has never had in 27 years. I'm going to give you guys a small story about one day when Jimmy Johnson had his team play Washington, and Washington wasn't very good, and they got beat. And it was right before they went into the playoff. You ready for this one? Tony Casillas told me this story. He said on the way home, the airplane was getting ready to serve food to the players. Jimmy said, no, we're not having any dinner. Players come up, start asking Kevin O'Neill, the trainer, hey, are we eating dinner? We're flying back to Dallas. We're not eating anything. You guys don't deserve a meal. You're not doing that on a plane with Jerry Jones. Jimmy Johnson didn't feed his team because they got beat by Washington in a meaningless game, we're not eating. We're not. Ha- we're not eating. Every game matters. Think about it like this: When's the last time you watched the Eagles play and questioned if they were prepared or not? I I can't remember since I've covered them for two and a half years now. They may be out coached because of certain situations, or talent wise, or something's new. But when it comes for those guys going out and wanting to be in a fist fight, I've never seen the Philadelphia Eagles not stand in a fight. I watched the Dallas Cowboys against the Arizona Cardinals not show up to the fight. Every single guy on that team could have been put on a milk carton or can be put on a billboard for missing persons. Every one of them, including the coaching. <laughs> no soup for you. Thank you very much, Twiz. That's right, man. This team does a fabulous job at making sure that they beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. Barb, I cover everybody. You know what I mean? I cover the NFL. 
but we're based in Philly, as you know. Here's where I think the crux of this game is going to come down to as you're preparing. Today's Wednesday, right? So you get your game plan for the Jets today. And you probably, as Jason Kelsey and some of the guys were probably at the facility working out yesterday, started watching some film on the Jets front, what the Jets do defensively, vice versa, offensively and defensively. So you kind of maybe watched a couple minutes on your player's day off. You went in there when you're 5-0. and you're going to go in there and do the extra steps that it takes because you're looking for a higher goal than just being 21 and 1. I know some of you are very excited about 21 and 1 and 5 and 0, oh, but the Eagle players and the coaches have higher aspirations than that. Okay? Um that that, that doesn't mean anything to those guys because the more you get into your season, the more you becoming a team that is putting a statement out there the more it's going to be expected of each and every single player in that 53-man roster. So here's where I think some of this game will be. Will the Eagles secondary put two weeks in a row together um, and stop an awful Jets passing game? You haven't before. New England has a horrific passing game. Horrific. Jones is better than Zach Wilson. Okay, he is. Mac Jones is better than Zach Wilson. I'm not suggesting to you that Zach Wilson's going to light the sky up and all of a sudden he's going to. But your past defense, let's see it two weeks in a row. I saw it for a half. In five games, you played a half of really good ball on that side of the ball with adjustments. The Jets' O-line is compatible with New England's O-line. And they were able to move the ball on you. Now, again, I think the Jets' passing game is terrible. Hey, um, Tone or someone, would somebody please tell me where the New England Patriot offense ranks and passing, because it would give me a little bit better of a context how much better they are than the Jets. I think the Jets, if I'm not mistaken, are 25th, somewhere down there in passing. They're not very good. So to me, what's going to happen in this game, you're going to see a lot of quick passes. That sets up perfectly for the Jets and awful for the Eagles. Are you going to play press coverage? Is that what you're going to do? You may have to. Are you going to allow those guys to play pitch and catch? Are you going to line 10 yards off the ball? Are you going to do that? New England is ranked 18th in passing yards per game. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Jets are 25th. So kind of in the same room. They're 32nd. That's not kind of in the same room. When 25 and 18, I'll give you the benefit. 32, you're horrible. But your past defense has been good for a half. I'm not saying you're not going to put two together here. And do I think the Jets can move the sticks on you? They got to tear. Now, 
they got some rushing yards last week against a team, the Broncos, who I think has already surrendered the white flag. 22 for 177 for uh, Hall against the Broncos. But I think the Broncos are waving the flag. So, you know, that could have been a U-Haul game for some of the Denver Bronco guys, either getting traded or at the end of the day, um, getting ready to go home as soon. Their season's over. Their season's over. And look, like I said, the Jets' defense has been underwhelming this year. You know, I forget who it was. Was it Sauce Gardner? Someone said that this was going to be a transcendent defense. You got all those faces and all that money on that side of the ball, and you're getting run over the way you're getting run over? You got to have some intestinal fortitude, man. You can't be run over the way you're being run over. And if I had any kind of say, and I was a Jets coach, I'd be like, you better shut your face, man, and show up. I I don't mind getting beat 10-9 because I did my job. But if you're getting run over and you're talking shit that you're going to be one of the greatest defenses of all time, you've got a problem in New York. You're getting killed. And you know why you're getting killed? Because you're mentally beat. The Jets are mentally beat and fatigued right now. And you know what that means? Here's what you do to a team like the Jets. Kill them quick. Kill them quick. Don't let them hang around. They'll quit. They want to quit. They're two and three. They're still hanging in there. You got a wounded animal. Kill them. Don't let them hang around. Don't do what you did for four games. Let teams hang with you. Kill them. Knock them out. You haven't been able to do that because your red zone offense blows. You're keeping teams like the Jets and the Patriots and the Vikings in games because you don't know how to finish people off. You allow teams to come back on you. It is a major fundamental flaw in that offense so far that has not been rectified. It has not been fixed in two and a half years. They were okay with it last year, but in the two and a half years, it's been spotty red zone. Dude, throw that ball up to him. You know what I'd rather have you do than run the ball in the red zone and goal line? I'd rather have you have a jump ball situation with A.J. Brown. I think he comes down with that. You're one of the worst teams in the league from the 10-yard line in when it comes to scoring TDs. Throw that ball up to that guy. So what you get a turnover? So what? Comes out to the 20, you're playing good defense, take some shots. Kicking field goals is not going to win you a Super Bowl. Jason Kelsey and everyone at the Novacare Center knows that. This is not about any longer winning 12 or 13 games. That's an irrelevant conversation. The Eagles and the 49ers are the two best teams. And then get this, it's really everybody else. And I'm even saying maybe the AFC. Do I think Kansas City 
is as good as the Eagles and the 49ers? No. Do I think Buffalo is as good as the 49ers or the Eagles? No. No. I don't. Today, right now, those are the two best teams in the league. Okay? But to win the Super Bowl, here's what happens when you kick. If you start kicking field goals against Mahomes, he comes back and beats you. He will beat you. Okay? He will beat you. Every, because you know why? Field goals and three and outs allow teams back in ball games. Okay? You know, at the beginning of the year, we were looking at all the fancy gadget quarterbacks, weren't we? And they were all on the AFC side. Correct? Look at the two guys that are leading the best teams in the NFL. Sure, Hurts got his money. Not one of those guys are first-rounders. One guy's a seventh-rounder. One guy's a second-rounder. And they got the two best teams in the league. And we're taken by the shiny objects, the Mahomeses, the Allens, the Herberts. You see how the perception is of Purdy and Hurts? I'll make a point to you about that here in a minute. We were all looking at all the shiny objects over there. Look at all those great quarterbacks the AFC has. Trevor Lawrence and this and that. Turns out, as we go into week six, we're Joe Burrow right. We go into, we're going into week six and we're going, are the Eagles and the 49ers that much further ahead than everyone else? Dallas looks like they're like almost in the rearview mirror. By the way, them getting Austin Eckler back, I don't believe they're beating the Chargers. I don't believe they're beating the Chargers. Not at all. That defense has been underwhelming. The Eagle run defense has been absolutely spectacular. And if they can't get any running game going, again, you could put this team to sleep early. This is how I see this thing here. Um, I think this could be a U-Haul game for the Jets. Because you'll be two and four. You're completely out of it. And you start thinking about next year and what you're going to do. And you're waiting for Rodgers. Because to me, however, you ready for this? I think it's 26-16. Until the Eagles show me that they're good in the red zone, It could put teams to sleep. You're always going to have teams hanging around you. Everyone hangs around you. Everyone. These haven't been very good teams you've been playing, and they've been hanging around you. You've been beating them, but you're not beating anybody up. You're not beating anybody up. I think it's 26-16, something in that kind of room. Until you can run teams over and show us that you could be consistent in the red zone, Championship football teams are great in the red zone. They're not shitty like the Eagles. They're not. I think they'll be right there. 
Okay. The Bucks and the Rams, JM. Congratulations. Hell of a victory. Touting yourself over beating the Bucks and the Rams. Really solid teams. Okay. I guess I want to show you something. What I just said here. You know, yesterday I gave you my top 10 quarterbacks. And before we move on, okay, to a even more Jalen Hurts topic here. It's not a rip. I think it's something that they need to do. Here was my list for the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL going into week six. I had Trevor Lawrence, 10, Geno, 9, Justin Herbert, 8, Lamar Jackson, 7, Josh Allen, 6, Hertz, 5. Remember that. Golf, 4. Mahomes three, two a two, and Purdy one. Here's who CBS today put out as their top 10 guys heading into week six. CJ Stroud over Trevor Lawrence, my 10? Probably. They had Cousins at nine. I had Geno because Geno is winning. They have Lamar Jackson at eight. I have Justin Herbert at eight. Remember those two. CBS had golf seven. I had Lamar Jackson seven. CBS has, get this, Jalen Hurts six. I got Josh Allen six. Five. They have Justin Herbert five. I have Justin Herbert eight. And I got Jalen Hurts ranked higher than the national people do. So don't tell me I'm picking on Hurts. I got Hurts higher ranked than the majority of the people at ESPN, CBS, and anywhere in the country. I'm being fair to the kid. They got Brock Purdy four. Brock Purdy's playing the best football of anybody, but the perception that I just talked about, him being Mr. Irrelevant, blinds him. Nobody's playing better quarterback than him. Nobody. You know it and I know it. They won't let their eyes tell the truth. I got golf for Jared Golf's playing great ball. They don't want to believe it though, because they ripped them. This is why when you guys tell me this, Sills, how come you change your opinion? Well, I changed my opinion because players change their performance to good or bad. These guys here refuse to change their opinion even in the light of a player playing better or worse. That's why. Who would you rather hear that from? Somebody going like this? Well, the player's playing better. You got to elevate them. 
or a guy who's going to stick his foot in the mud or cement to try to prove a point just to keep a guy down because he made a preseason proclamation. Okay? It's fundamentally flawed thinking. I got Mahomes three. They have two or three, really. You actually think that Mahomes has had a better season when every number across the board is down and two is playing at a high level, that Mahomes has played better. Where do you see that? I had two or two. They got Josh Allen third or second. I got Josh Allen sixth, ranked behind Hertz. I got Purdy one, and they have Patrick Mahomes one. So when you guys come here and tell me that I'm talking shit on Jalen, no, I'm not. Do you trust the Phillies to beat the Braves? They got the pitching matchup tonight. They should take care of business, okay? There's there's no question that Jalen Hurt, look, look, look at the guys on this list here. How many guys were first rounders? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven of the ten are first rounders. One's a journeyman and Geno Smith and Purdy and Hertz are the other ones. And they're on the best teams because they're in the best organizations. It's perception, man. The league doesn't like promoting Jalen Hurts. National media people don't like his style. They think he's a gifted player. They think he's a winner. They say all the intangible things. But deep down, they don't believe he's going to win a Super Bowl ever. You know it, and I know it. Jalen Hurts is playing better than Josh Allen. He's playing better than Justin Herbert. And like you guys say, look through the numbers. Right? Look through the numbers. Figuring shit out. Hey, man, you think the Chargers have a target on their chest? Why? You think the Eagles have a target on their chest? You bet your ass they do. You bet your ass they do. You bet they do. Okay? Dude, I think it's fuel for the team. And I said this to you the last couple days. Look, 49ers are right here. Now, look, you guys played like that last year. So don't think they can't. But that's a lot to maintain. And I don't think, get this, that 49er team, and I know we got a lot of 49er fans in here. Thank you very much, Dream. Let me say this to you. What do you think the difference is between the 49ers This year, compared to the Eagle team of a year ago, because they're going to have to try to keep that same level up there the entire 17 weeks. I don't think the the 49ers are as deep as Philly was last year. You could lose Jordan Davis, and all of a sudden you put in Adama Katsu and Linville Joseph. Dude, that is very capable replacements when you lose a dude. You had very capable replacements. 
You lose McCaffrey in the backfield. You got a good running back in that other kid. Not saying you don't. You start losing some components on defense. I do not think the 49ers have a lot of depth. Because you know why? They had to give up a King's Ransom to get McCaffrey in to San Francisco. You're, they're not as deep as that Eagle team a year ago. Maybe I'm just too grateful, but when it comes to Jalen, I'm so appreciative to what he has become. Let's not forget where he was a time when he wasn't even in the top 20 or 40. That was just 18 months ago. Now we debate if he's a top five guy. I respect the distance he's traveled. Could care less about those national bozos. How about this? I'll make a concession to you on Hertz. Is Hertz the most talented quarterback in the league? No. Is Hertz one of the top five game managers to win a game? Maybe top three? Yes. Who would you rather be? Justin Herbert or Jalen Hurts? I want Justin Herbert to have Jalen Hurts' brain. I heard something today that made me really question Shador Sanders. And I think a lot of quarterbacks think this way. I couldn't believe what I heard. You know why he takes a lot of sacks at Colorado? Because he doesn't want to have a low incompletion percentage and a low quarterback rating. And I was like, what does that have to do with winning? So you want people to perceive you because you know people look at the numbers and not what you're doing on the field. I got a problem with that. Jalen Hurts, when he's, there was a play in the game on Sunday. There was a play in the game on Sunday. Maybe you guys remember it. Tony was late in the game. He, he ran to the right. He made sure he was outside the, the quarterback box. Threw it away. Sanders doesn't want to do that. And I think a lot of quarterbacks don't want to do that. Because the more throwaways you have, the more you have chances of having a low completion percentage and people perceive you as not being accurate. It's not that you're not accurate. You're smart. Okay? Last week, Sill said Jalen is a one-read quarterback. He's getting better at it. Just like Mahomes is getting better at it. Mahomes said when he came to Kansas City, he was a one-read quarterback, but not your guy, right? Jesus, criminy. Andy Reid has helped me read defenses that I never thought I could ever read. I'm paraphrasing what Mahomes said. So wait a minute. The greatest gifted quarterback in the game is still learning how to read defenses, but not your guy. Okay. Sure. Your guy's a God's gift to having everything, and that's why he went in the first five picks. Sure, dude. Okay. Right. <laughs> Mahomes is still learning. Michael Vick 
who had been a sensational athlete, said he didn't know how to read defenses or prepare for a game until he got with Andy Reid. And he was already eight years in, but not your guy. (laughs) Right. Well, I'm going to make a proclamation about your guy, Jalen Hurts. Most of you probably won't agree with it. Not here to have you sit around here and (laughs) agree with me or not agree with me. Here, I think this. If the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win a Super Bowl, Hertz has to run more. I think he has to stay around what he did this last week between 11 and 17 carries, and they will not be able to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. You're going to run into a few defenses that you might not want to run them as much, but you don't have a red zone back. You don't have a short yardage back. You don't really have anybody inside the 20 except him. That's more of a threat. Swift is not a threat. He's been taken out his entire career in the red zone. In Detroit, they had another guy up there just for that role. I think Jalen Hurts has to run more. And this is contradicting what I said two years ago. Because now, watching him not having that facet of his game, it hampers him. It totally hampers him. And if he's going to be a dual-threat guy, let him be a dual-threat guy. You can't change him. I don't want you to change him. Dick Vermeil's right. Dick Vermeil is right. He's right. Let him run more. Okay, has to run more. When he was in that, actually, I would say, would we not probably, I I, I think the entire four quarters, actually. I think Jalen Hurts, of all the players that played for the Eagles this past week against the Rams, I would make the contention that he played probably a 60-minute football game where I was really pleased with every single thing he did. Uh, the, the pick, I don't care. I, 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 the Rams were not beating them, okay? And the Rams weren't beating them because they adjusted with Desai in the second half from what Desai did, okay? So to me, I mean, I think Jalen played 60 minutes of football where you went, you come out of that game going, yeah, yeah. I want to see that every week. I want to, I want, this is what I want to see on a, on, a, on getting this team going. I want to see Goddard. I want to see Swift in the pass game. I want to see Jalen in the run game. And you know what that does? That opens up Devontae, AJ, all of those guys back there because the number one, hey, let me say this to you. Let me ask you this. Is Jalen Hurts more, are you afraid of Jalen Hurts more on third and long in the passing game? Or are you afraid of Jalen Hurts more in third and long in the run game? What do you fear more if you're a coordinator? 
what do you feel more what do you feel more of a concern if you're a coordinator hurts getting out in the perimeter or hurts throwing the ball down the field i'll tell you this and hey i don't feel fear jalen hurts throwing the ball but they will i'm going to tell you what we used to say about Steve Young versus Joe Montana. Okay. Name goes, why would why would you want to change what's working? Five and oh. No, I want to go back to being what they did to get them to a Super Bowl a year ago. That's what I want. And that Ram game, Jalen did. That's what I want them to do. That was working. Okay. That's what was working. Again, hurts on that getting in, get, getting open like that on third and long, the way he runs. Jesus, Steve Young, we used to say this about him. Man, I sure hope that Montana's healthy. Because what made Steve Young such an incredible football player was that he ran four fours and he was 97 like he he was like a his quarterback rating was like 98 or something when he retired his accuracy was off the charts tone his accuracy if you look at his completion percentage young might have the highest percentage a completion percentage in NFL history and he ran a 4-4 but when he got it in the open remember that run in the playoff game against Minnesota Jason, he did. It cost him his career because, again, those kind of players that run the ball like that don't last long. It, it, I totally, it's totally true. And he played a long time because he backed up Montana for a decade. Okay? So, to me, he did take a lot of hits. He did. Yeah, but but again, how many years did he start? How many years did Steve Young start in the National Football League compared to just being on a roster because he was on a roster and he was behind Montana? Steve Young, stats. Um, threw for 33,000, not bad. But how many years did he play as a starting quarterback? Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven years he started. Last year he got hurt and he had to retire. He had seven years of starting out of 15 years. So he started only half the time that he played in the league. I'm not saying Montana wasn't better. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that to you. He 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 was. Do you agree? He has to run the way he ran against the. He's got to play like that, like he played against the Rams. Correct. Now there's risk there. Because some are going to go. Hey, Sills, there, there's more of a risk because he's on pace, like we were saying for 187 carries. I think Tony and I looked at and potentially. Um, we're looking at maybe if it keeps continuing to rise, it could be a 200-carry season. 
Okay. Like last year, Senor, he had a hundred, he, I think he had 167 carries and he missed those four games. If I'm not mistaken, I'm what did he missed three games. He missed those three games and they didn't want him to run in the last game. So it was like three games. And if I'm not mistaken, maybe it's two games, but he was, he had 167 carries a year ago. He was on pace for 200 carries. He's on pace for 200. Okay. Big sales. Our lions are pretty stupid taking a running back instead of Carter. Aren't they? Could you imagine Carter and Aiden Hutchinson on the same team? Well, a lot of people passed on them because of character issues that weren't there. They were made up. They were made up. Jalen Carter has not been anything but a model citizen. He's doing everything right. And you know why that is? There's Fletcher Cox around him. There's his former college coach around him. There's a winning culture around him. There's a lot of people that know, hey, when you're a Philadelphia Eagle, get this. When you're a Philadelphia Eagle, the expectations are different in Philly than in Dallas. You know why? It's got more to do with winning than being a TV star. And that's why people maybe have a little problem with some of the Jason Kelsey stuff. I don't because I think the guy is having a fun time in his life, especially with the fact that when you watch him go out and play and he's starting to pick his game back up again. Hey, I tell you this, you know what somebody told me? Brian Boldinger told me something. You know why he really is really great at that push-tush or the the brotherly shove? is because he gets in a four-point stance. People don't pick that up, that he's in a four-point stance when he does that. Man, you're low when you're in a four-point stance and you're a center. The hand quickness you have to have to get that football back, I'd be slapping at the ball. i try to pin his hand. That's what a lot of nose guards do. When you snap the ball, you know what you try to do? If you're quick enough in the hands, you try to pin that snap arm to his chest, and that's how you get around him or you bull rush him. His hands are quick. For him to be able to get that ball out of there like that and that brotherly shove, there's no question that that's a major part of that thing. Okay? 49ers. Stupid teams and franchises think you got to run or pass more. Winning franchises game plan their opponents to win in different ways. 49er, I said this to um, a couple people. I think it was Boomer Sison and Phil Sims, and I said it to Sims yesterday. Certain offensive coordinators are trying to put up a lot of points and a lot of yards. Certain coordinators are trying to win ball games. There's a difference between the styles of how you prepare yourself and how you prepare your team. Okay? You mean – how many times do you look at a coordinator and this guy wants to put up a shitload of yards? I think that's Kellen Moore. I think that's Kellen Moore. I think he wants to put a ton of yards up and a ton of points up. And for whatever reason, they're not winning critical games. Okay? It's good. Got to fix the red zone, though. Run more. Have him run. Have him run. Most people are not going to agree with this because there's more chance of injury. Well, 
What are you going to do right now about your red zone offense when you start playing these better teams? You're not going to beat San Francisco kicking field goals. They're waiting for you. Here's the one thing I'll say about this 49er team. They're waiting for you. They think they have unfinished business. You're the heavyweight champion of the NFC. You hold the belt. What's tougher, holding the belt or climbing the hill to get the belt? Do you have the same fire you had a year ago to hold that team off? I think you do. I'm not saying you don't. I think it's going to be an iconic matchup. And I pray everyone's healthy. I want to see this. Eagles, there's one thing, Camille, that I'll say to you, or Camel, whatever, and I'll say this to anybody. You could, you could say a lot of things about the Eagles. Being soft is not one thing. There's nothing timid about the Eagles and the 49ers. That's appointment-setting television. And you know what you have when you tune on these television shows still? You're still – do you know Jerry Jones came out today? You know what he said? We had a bad night against San Francisco. <laughs> the Cowboy owner slash general manager, Micah Parsons, saying that we're a playoff team as good as San Fran. The owner saying that we had a bad night. And where's the leadership? Every coach in his right mind. You know what I would have said if I heard that? I would have got to the podium and I would have looked around the room and said, who said that shit? Well, maybe he needs to get some game film on on how he played. Sitting there talking about another opponent. It's Wednesday. We got Cleveland this week. What's he talking about? He got ran over last week. I thought we were going to have to get the ambulance for him to have to take him to the emergency room because he had to figure out what the license plate was on that bus that ran him over. I was going to send the cops over so that they could see if he had any information, if he had the license plate of that bus that ran you over. I'm here to talk about Cleveland. That's soft. That's soft. Worrying about getting your ass kicked. I am all in on the Chargers winning this week. Do you think you would ever hear that from Jason Kelsey or uh, Fletcher Cox, even Nick, if you got killed? You know what's great? I'm trying to figure out, have you been killed in a game since I've been talking about you guys? That's quite a streak, too. Have you guys been killed in a game? The Cowboy game? The first year, the Cowboys killed you. The Cowboys killed you. They were non-competitive football games. They killed you two times. And But the second one, you took your dudes out. So I don't know, maybe one time. Not since 2021 when the Cowboys smoked us and the Bucks 
in the playoffs. The Buccaneer game. That's right, Tone. The Buck game. It's Brady. Yeah, JM. The Buck game. The Bucks. They killed. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. So we're talking about 34, 34, 36 games. Got killed in one. Jesus. How many times do you think you can go over in the last 36 games where the Cowboys were killed? Five? Six? Right? Five or six? Right? NFC, AFC title game, Super Bowl, all close. Hey, 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 hey. I Oh, wait a minute. Oh, my God, LJ. Hey, ever since I've started talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, you've gone to a Super Bowl. I predicted you to go last year. I predicted you to go to the NFC title game this year. And you're 22 and 1 since the 2 and 5 start. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, 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 Tone, you're welcome. I must be a good luck charm. I, I'm the, hey, Sills is the brotherly good luck charm. I'm your good luck charm. Say it with me. Yes, sir. I am your good luck charm. Thank you, LJ. No, no. Hey, Joseph, Seth is 2.30 tomorrow. Uh, we had a scheduling conflict a little bit, so he's coming on tomorrow at 2.30. So we will have him then to kick off the show. Uh, we had to reschedule him for tomorrow at 2.30. So we will have him tomorrow and Seth apologized because kind of got time differences all uh, mixed up here. So okay. Kayla Santiago unfortunately can't do the show today. She's in the ER due to severe case of the flu. Okay. And has not been discharged yet. She's willing to reschedule. All right. We'll figure that out. Um, after the program here. So all good. Not an issue. Just means more of you, unfortunately. <laughs> nice show with Seth. I love Seth Joyner. I totally love Seth Joyner. Okay. Totally love him, man. Absolutely. When I heard that though, from Shador Sanders, that I didn't want to throw the ball away. I started thinking about other quarterbacks. Um, in the NFL that won't say that, but he said that because he doesn't want to have a lower quarterback percentage. Brian, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Listen, I, I, I think this game again, until they can show us that they can really play well in the red zone, probably around a 26-16, something like that, somewhere in that conversation that I still think it's going to be around that room there. So, you know, Hey, by the way, our, our, our friend tone, the segment will be at three 30, like always. So we will talk with him. 
We still have a ton of stuff to hit on here. Oh, by the way, there is going to be a lot of movement. The trading deadline is what? October 31? Am I right? October 31? Well, there's some names out there now that are being floated around that could potentially be on the move. And would Howie make a move for one of these guys? And get this, October 31, is is that the Friday prior to the Sunday night game? Or is that Thursday? I think that's Thursday before you play the Cowboys. Right? I got this list from one of my dear friends who is a head football coach in the NFL who has been on this program. I'm going to leave it at that on names that are being floated around the National Football League. We're going to do that again, and we will do that. Yes, Eagles play the boys on November 5th. Okay. So I think that that's the Thursday. You could make a move prior to that. All right, we're going to hit on these guys at the top of the hour here. Then we're going to talk to our friend Tone at 3.30. Hey, look, guys, do me a favor. Go into any one of the seven locations nearest you when it comes to our friends at Hooters. The 40th anniversary, we're so proud to have them as the official sponsor of the National Football Show. I've known these gentlemen for over 40 years, and it's one of the greatest businesses in the country, let alone one of the greatest restaurants and environments. The iconic Hooter girls are there to serve you. And if you don't want to go into any one of the locations, northeasthooters.com, that's northeasthooters.com. Get the app, man, hooters2go.com. Order off the app or go into the places and try some of our 40-year traditions. Buy 10 wings, get 10 boneless free. Wing Wednesdays, 1983, the year the place was founded. Happy hours, six items, six bucks, fried pickles, northeasthooters.com. That's northeasthooters.com. And when you go into any one of the locations, do me a favor, tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Have a ball once more. 
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Is Darius Slay gassed? You think Slay's gassed? Or do you want to play through the season with him? Let me say this to you. Do you think it's the reason why they're not playing press coverage? Why they're playing off the ball? Because they really don't have a depth guy over there to replace them? They may be playing zone defense because they have to. You know? Again, this is a... This is something that Sean Desai has to overcome, too. Underperforming players. Right? Right? Last year, Jonathan, you see, here's the fundamental flaw with Jonathan Gannon versus Sean Desai this year. Sean Desai is going to be playing against better people with lesser players, including the ones that may have a little time on them now. Okay? He is. He's got more. Jonathan Gannon could never fix the leak in the swimming pool. He had to run to Howie to try to fix it. Give me another player. What Desai did against the Rams in the second half was the first time I went, hey, great. This guy knows what he's doing. We, Seth and I talked about that last night on his show. Me and him both completely agree. Holy cow. There was some creativity. Then he brought pressure. And you were like, whoa, okay. Little concerned about his safeties. What does he do? He blitzes them internally because he knew Stafford. By the way, that's that's understanding Stafford. Stafford has always struggled with internal pressure. You know who else has always had a little issue with internal pressure? The GOAT? You never blitz Brady off the perimeter. You always blitz them up the middle. When, when, when you got internal pressure on Brady, that's how teams like Baltimore 
and the Colts with Dungy. That's how they beat him, was with internal pressure, keeping him in the boxes. He ain't going to run. He, had, they, he missed wide open throws, barred because they were blitzing him up the middle. Something the Eagles haven't done a lot of. Tells me a lot. So when you see Slay, I think Slay has to play. I think he has to play like that. Because Desai is determined. They're saying this. Darius Slay, this is last year. He'll probably finish the year. Okay? Okay? Personally, again, I think he's done. I thought he was done last year. You guys fought me on it. He's done. All right. Before I move on, and I'll tell you where Jalen Carter is, where people are looking around the national media when it comes to him as defensive rookie of the year. I'll get to that here in a minute. I want to show you guys something about how Jalen Hurts um, conducts himself and Patrick Mahomes conducts himself and the reason why Aaron Rodgers never became the winner that I thought he could have become. What is Aaron Rodgers going publicly on the Pat McAfee show saying, Hey, I called up Jordan Love just to give him some confidence and told him that things will be okay. Just keep to the grindstone and some other bullshit he said. Does anybody buy that? Does anybody buy a guy who hated the pick? Didn't like the guy on the team. Barely talked to him. He's on another team now. He should be talking to Zach Wilson. And you're talking about a guy on another team. You know why? So that he can remind Packer fans, you really wanted me out, didn't you? How is it now? That's the difference between winners and losers. They push that shit ahead. They don't care about that stuff. That stuff is rear view mirror. That's the kind of stuff, again, when you guys talk about Hertz's intangibles, that's an intangible. Sour grapes is an intangible. Okay? All right? Crazy. Just you're you're on the Jets. Why are you involved in that? I mean, you just want to remind Packer fans of what they don't have, and you're sticking it to them. Everyone knows you're doing that. You're just sticking it to them. That's the kind of stuff that Brady and Jalen and Patrick Mahomes and really all the good ones. Like, like I saw some of you in here. Hey, man, who cares? Right. Why does he care? Why does he care? It, again, that's the little things. If you're a coach or an organization, you do this. 
And now I know why he won. He won four. He won more MVPs than Tom Brady. Tom Brady's got seven Super Bowls. Who would you rather be? Perfect example of the difference between the two. And get this, Rodgers is more talented. Rodgers is more talented. He's a more talented player than Brady. That's why it matters. You don't always have to be the most gifted player in the NFL. You don't. Intangibles, like you guys always say, hard work, talent. You're in the league. You have talent. Can beat that. Rodgers is a loser. He's a loser. He, he, he doesn't believe what he says. He says it just to appease himself. Everything is completely about that guy. What a horrible teammate. Completely, man. Anyway, all right. So far, here are the standings, according to some of the people that I have that vote for the NFL Rookie of the Year. And I, I called around last night to around 20 people. And here's, here's how it looks right now. Ivan Pace, Vikings, inside linebacker, is sixth. This kid, Lucas Van Ness from the Packers, edge rusher, is five. Brian Branch, Lions, safety, is four. Will Anderson is three Texans edge. Devin Witherspoon is two Seahawks cornerback. And Jalen Carter's number one Eagles defensive tackle. And the Devin Witherspoon and Jalen Carter debate is a hot one with a lot of voters. Devin Witherspoon, I'm so happy that Pre-draft, and I know, Tone, you know this, and I had Bijan too, I would say, that my three favorite players in the draft were Devin Witherspoon and Jalen Carter. And I told you, Devin Witherspoon, this kid from Illinois, and Jalen Carter, and I, I love Bijan. So those three are my three favorite players. And Devin Witherspoon is having a sensational year. He is a player. Okay? He is... A great player. The kid Van Lucas, uh, Van Ness, Lucas Van Ness, who didn't start it down at Iowa, is having a pretty good year up in Green Bay. I'm, I'm pretty shocked with that. Brian Branch, I thought he was a little slow. He's having a really good year at the safety position for the Lions, and he's made a nice impact there. I wanted Gonzalez over Bijan. Never thought we could get Carter. Gonzalez was having a really good year until he got injured and was lost for the season. Um, Cody says Carter is the top rookie so far. I would agree. Weatherspoon's not far behind, though, man. Okay? Uh, Callie Green, ask a question. Sills, do you still think the Cowboys have a better D-line? No, I do not. No, I do not. Actually. Washington has a better D-line than the, than the Cowboys. Washington does. 
I would say, I would say Washington. I would even make this comment. I wouldn't. Maybe even New England has a better. You can't get run on like that. And you can't be annihilated like it's not. Hey, get this. I get the 49er loss a little bit, but I don't get the Arizona ass kicking. I, I don't get the Arizona ass kicking. I just don't get that. They want to hide that one. And they want to try to change. Look at how the media is trying to change that narrative beating on the 49er game. I, You guys in Philly and other parts like Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Chicago, I totally understand it now. I listen to shows every day, and I hear people coming up with reasons why Dallas got killed. And the only reason you got killed is because you're not better. Your coach sucks, and your quarterback sucks. You're not going anywhere. The Eagles no longer, like I said yesterday, the Eagles no longer have a two-game lead in the East. You have a 10-year lead. They can't beat you. Even Watch this. Even if the Dallas Cowboys beat you in one of these games this year, they won't win the war with you. Okay? They haven't won the war almost 30 years with you. They can't. Hey, I, I do I think they'll split with you? Yeah, probably. Before I went, yes. Now I'm going, yeah, problem. Probably. <laughs> probably. Dallas, they lose to the Chargers this weekend. I think they're fighting for the playoffs. Okay? I think they lose to the Los Angeles Chargers. Dallas Cowboys are going to be fighting whether or not to make it to the playoffs. Then you're going to have to work. Then you're going to have to fire a coach. Do you bring Dion in? And who are you going to go for a quarterback? What are you going to do? You know what, Dallas Cowboys? We're going to get to some of these trade guys here in a minute. Cowboys need a quarterback. You're not going anywhere. And by the way, you know what you're hearing now? You're hearing people murmuring up Trey Lance. He is not going to save you. Trey Lance is the worst version of Marcus Mariota. I'd rather have Mariota. Get this. Mariota is better than Trey Lance. Okay. Trey Lance has no future. He has no future. He is a bust. A bust. The Dallas Cowboys would love to have Marcus Mariota. Now, the question would be, you're going to run through the tape here with this, and the Cowboys are going to get this. The Dallas Cowboys, because of the Philadelphia Eagles, um, the Philadelphia Eagles 
have to implode the entire organization. As a bet, Eagles home field advantage, what week? Uh, let's get into the meat of the schedule here and let's see how they play. Sills, do you think they bench Dak this year or rough it out? Man, that's a really great question. Brian, that's a really great question. Um, look at the look at the quarterback situation in the NFC East. Giants may need a new quarterback. The Cowboys need a new quarterback. Washington is trying to figure out if Sam Howell survives a year and he doesn't get killed getting sacked so many times, and then he got hurts. Right now, what has happened? The Eagles are completely pushing away from every single team in the NFC East. And it is getting to be a wide. Would we agree it's a wider gap this year than it was a year ago between all the teams in the East? It's a wider gap now. I mean, people thought the Giants were kind of on their way. I never believed it. I told you that. I thought they were frauds. Cowboys won 12 games two years in a row. You were like, okay, you know, I mean, they're winning games. Now this year, you know who the only other team outside of Philadelphia is getting? Get this. Philly's the only team getting better in the East. Philly's the only team getting better in their 5-0. How? Get this. You're basically... Wouldn't we call it this? You're not rebuilding. You're retooling on the fly. How many teams can retool on the fly? Not many in that league. You you can do that in college with a billion kids on your roster. You can't do that. In the, the Eagles are rebuilding. Okay? They're rebuilding on the fly. Replacing a Pro Bowl running back. Pro Bowl right guard, Pro Bowl interception leader, and CJ, linebackers who were productive last year, a defensive tackle position that was suspect against the run, has improved to be the best in the league. What do the Eagles need to do to be better than the 49ers? Continuity. It's going to be interesting to see what happens Thursday when Nicobe Dean is taken off the um when they when when they when he's taken off the IR how they play him and how they look at him and what kind of conversation they have with him and what his yep hey 11 goes New England is re, is is rebuilding and they're one in four The play calling, look, just keep doing what you're doing. I want to see them duplicate the Rams game mentally each and every single week now. Hurts getting out and running more. Don't tell him to slide. He'll take care. You don't need to tell Jalen Hurts to slide. He knows to get down. Again, hey, would this be a fair comment? I think you don't overcoach him. He doesn't need it. You don't need to overcoach Jalen Hurts. Okay? 
You don't need to overcoach him. You got this. Don't overcoach him. Eagles need a new wide receiver, LB, and safeties. Cowboys are going to crush. The Cowboys are a finesse team. They don't crush anybody except the shitty New York teams. I'll tell you what, man. I bought on the I bought on the Fool's Gold too. I don't get this. It's like being a abused son. I feel like I'm an abused son. You keep going. It, it looks like the year. It looks like the year. It looks like, the, and then you're like, you're just, you know, you put yourself through torture with that stuff. You're just like, man, I mean, it's 30 years of horseshit. Dude, I will never in a million years, ever in a million years, take the Cowboys in a big game ever again. I don't trust you. I have no faith in you. You're like a cheating woman. I will never have faith in you as long as I live. Ever. I will always hold it against you. I will always know that you did this. You always broke my heart. I am never doing this again. You cannot trust them. It's like a chick who looks you in the face and keeps continually going behind your back. And this time, guess what? She's making out with your boy. Okay? The Dallas Cowboys will not win a Super Bowl until Jerry Jones is no longer running the team. I think Steven could get it done because Steven's going to bring in more people. Steven's not going to be the general manager of the team. He's going to bring in a qualified general manager because his dad has always been, again, the Jimmy Johnson thing. And I know some of you get tired of it. Tone, here, all of you, I know you get tired of it. But after they won those Super Bowls and Jerry fired Jimmy in Orlando at the owners' meetings when he said anybody could coach his team. Do you remember those comments? Jimmy stood up and Aunt Betty, excuse me, you know what he said? Fine. You find another fucking coach to win you a Super Bowl. The Barry Switzer still to this day credits that's Jimmy's Super Bowl ring. I just happen to have been here. Okay. Jerry Jones as a GM is definitely is a definition of insanity. Dirty D, right. He's the longest running failure general manager in pro football history. I mean, seriously, he's, I mean, even George Hallis won. George Hallis won. He is such an egomaniac. He wants to win a a title. The same way Brady wanted to win a title without Belichick. And you know what's got to be eating Belichick? Belichick can't even win a playoff game without Brady. Shit, Belichick can't even get back to the playoffs without without Brady. The more he stays, and I'm talking Bill, the more he stays, the more people are going to start looking at him like this. 
you really made a really great decision with Tom Brady. And it was a really great decision. And it was a career-changing decision. And everyone gives you the kudos for that. And everyone gives you the kudos for the first part of the dynasty. Because you won with field goals and Vinatieri and Brady being accurate on third down. But after the first three, those last three, I mean, if it wasn't for TB12, I don't know, dude. <laughs> okay. Crazy. Absolutely. I mean, Jerry Jones sticking around like this. And, and get this. Here, here, here's the thing you do. Here's the thing you do here, too. You do this, you go. So today, Jones was saying this. Hey, we had a bad night. You had Jason Kelsey's bitching on the sidelines about red zone offense, and they're undefeated. And Jerry Jones is trying to justify a 32-point ass beating, let alone the fact you got destroyed by Arizona. I, I, I quit. I'm done. Hey, guess what, sweetie? Hey, honey Dallas, pick your shit up and get out of here. By the way, I'll mail you the rest of your stuff. Okay? I'm done with you, man. By the way, too, everything you bought me, I'm burning. Okay? I don't want anything to do with this, man, because I don't trust you. I don't I don't even want to be reminded of you. Okay? As a matter of fact, I'm going to take my helmet and put it in a garage in a box somewhere deep. Because I, I can't do it, man. You cannot trust them. Hey, they're going to split with you. So? Let's bring in my boy Tone. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I love you, man. I'm I'm sending that chick out of town, man. That's it. I'm done. You're on a yeah, I'm not even giving you a plane fare. I'm giving you a, a greyhound and I'm giving you a one-way ticket. Wherever you want to go, man, just get me, just just get out. I'll mail your shit in little shoe boxes. You know, there's a there seems to be this uh this campaign about trying to justify that loss. Completely. And and justify why Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott looked the way he looked, why that defense looked the way they looked, and this, like, these are the signs of a team that's these are these are the signs of a team that's dying a slow death. They are literally pointing so many fingers at each other. The DBs are pointing at the the D line, and the D line's pointing at the quarterback. The quarterback is the only person that's actually been quiet and handled it like a man is Dak Prescott. He's the only person that actually handled it like a man. He's he he even said in his press conference, and I'm I'm paraphrasing, of course. We didn't see that coming. I I I, I didn't expect I didn't expect to get my ass beat like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he, he's I, I'm paraphrasing, of course. And I'm I'm adding a little spice, but like that whole organization is quite frankly a joke, and it's impossible to take them serious in a serious situation. If I were him, and for him to win a Super Bowl, he's got to get out of there. If he wants to win, get this, whatever, like he needs to go to some situation like San Francisco, like yeah. um, a place where you have really good men. I'll tell you what, that could be great if it wasn't for Jalen in Philly. Places that have, you know where else he would be great? Pittsburgh. Ooh, a place like the Steelers with Mike Tomlin. That would be Something like that. You're in a place that, get this. It's going to be calmer. Or imagine Dak in Tennessee. 
if Vrabel's there, if he still if he still stays there, that's another place. Right, right. I mean, it's you know I I, I say this all the time, right? You know, it, it's easy to rip Dak because he's a cowboy. But if Dak wasn't a cowboy, I, like I, I like Dak Prescott. I like you know that I mean? too. But you know, he's a cowboy, so by you know by proxy, I have to I have to hate him. Absolutely. All right. Um, would you make my comment about Jalen running more? And I mean not running more than what he did against the Rams, but between 11 and 15, something like in there. Because to me, Tone, when I watch him and that threat of him running like that, mm-hmm. I fear him more in third and long on the run than I do third and long in the pass. Because when he does that, Corden, you can't get off the field when you've got that one innate ability to be able to move the change that a lot of guys don't have. And and, and like I said earlier, is he one of the top three talents when you watch guys play in the NFL? Shit, man. The national everybody doesn't think that. You know what I think though about this kid? I think this if you had to win a ball game, would he be one of the top three guys that you would want in your football team? to win a game against any of the other guys in the league, he would be. I think that's all you need to have. I want – he's one of the top – he'd be one of the three quarterbacks that I would pick to win a football game in the league. And that has nothing sometimes to do with all the gifts of being an arm thrower like Aaron Rodgers. Look at Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. You couldn't have two more polar opposite athletes. Yeah, you bring up a good point. You know, in the offseason I – sp- I spoke about this, uh, I think, uh, the other day uh, with you. Um, I was one of those people that were campaigning for him to run a little bit less. Um, last season through 15 games, he was averaging about 11 rush attempts per game. Um, I'm not sure what he's averaging this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's around that same number. I think um, it's but, 10. He's got 55 now, so it's at 10 right now. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. That's about right, about 11, 10. 10 okay, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so he's pretty much doing the exact same thing. Um, but yeah, where where I am with Jalen Hurts now. I'm past the point of, you know, we need to protect this guy. It clearly affects his game where he's trying too hard to play the game safe. It clearly affects his mentality. It affects – it makes him gunshot, right? It, it, yeah. Some, you know how some guys, they need to – okay, you played the game, right? You ever felt like you needed to take that one good hit before you're ready to really get things going? You know what I mean? Like it's, Especially it's just, after I got hurt, I wanted to be in there. I wanted to get hit. Um, I'll tell you this, my first NFL game against the Chicago Bears and Walter Payton, I couldn't believe it. I took a wham play and I go, I'm ready. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> now I got the game speed. But, that, but that's what I'm ready. Mean, right? No, no. Because you know what happens when you get hit like that? All right. It's big boy ball. Got to right. get my ass and down a little lower. I got to get some leverage on this because it's going to be big boy ball here. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm buying that. You know, like my thing is with Jalen, I want Jalen to play Jalen Hurts football. At the end of the day, the Philadelphia Eagles know him. They know his playing style. They've seen it for two years before they decided to pay him. They know what he is. They know what they bought. So my thing is, why hamper that? Why stop that? Why limit that? I'm all in on him playing the game the way he plays the game. Whatever happens, happens. We have to live with the results because this is this is the journey that we signed up for, right? You know, you can't, you know, you can't go to a store, make a purchase, know what you're buying, and then have buyer's remorse. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't. We got to let Jalen Hurts cook and let him do his thing. If he has a 10-year career in Philadelphia and he gets a Super Bowl out of it, hey, listen, he won for me. 
That's how I look at it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Any, any quarterback that comes through this organization, because I, you know, unfortunately, I don't feel like the Philadelphia Eagles have had the greatest luck um, with quarterbacks. Um, you know, there are some organizations that have had quarterbacks for twenty years, like the Green Bay Packers, right? They've had two quarterbacks in over in the past four, past thirty years, right? So the Philadelphia Eagles, I feel like over the past few years, I feel like we've been trying to figure out that guy that truly gets it. You know what I mean? Like, really, really think about the Eagles' quarterback history. Who's the last quarterback in, like to play for the Philadelphia Eagles that truly understood the culture, what it takes, and that was really willing Jaworski. to lay it out on the line? Probably Jaworski, maybe Michael Vick because he he was yep. brought in. But overall, Jalen Hurts, what he brings to the table, you don't want to stop that. You don't want to put a you don't want to put a muzzle on that, right? Let that guy cook. Let Jalen Hurts listen. Like you said, if Jalen Hurts is giving me two hundred seventy-five passing yards, fifty rushing yards, he's that's that's his game. That's his you game. Stop that. You, you can't. You you have to game plan. And then on top of that, you add in AJ Brown, Dallas Goddard, DeAndre Swift, um, Devontae Smith. You add in all those weapons with that offensive line. They're damn near indefensible. Let Jalen Hurts be Jalen Hurts. That's where I'm at with it. You think Matthew Stafford was a success with the Rams? Yeah. 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 They got a Super Bowl out of it. Yeah. Hell yeah. So you got two years potentially of shitty football, one good year, and a Super Bowl year. Matthew Stafford could That's Matthew Stafford. Listen, he could not win another game for them. Right. Because th think about how hard the Rams have been fighting prior to that, right? They they always came so close. The Rams have been one of the one of the most dominant teams over the past five years prior to Stafford, right? You know, you know, the, during the um the golf McVay era, right? They were one, they were always in the mix and they always came so close, but no cigar. You make that trade for Matthew Stafford the first year he wins your Super Bowl, whatever happens after that, hey. <laughs> You got to pay the tab at some point, and you live with the results, man. I, I and I actually think they're getting better too, and I think they're going to be okay by the end of the year. I don't know what I that think so. Means they're just young. They're re eight. they're really young. They're really young, and they lack a lot of talent on that deep. I think I think the Rams are ahead of schedule, and if they if they have another good draft under their belt, yeah. I think the Rams would be right back in the mix. Absolutely, so do I. Um, a early look at this um, Jets Eagles game. Yes. I circled this part of the game here, Tone, where I think this could come down to because it's something that you and I kind of talked about a little bit after the Patriot game that Monday when we were talking about tight ends. And maybe even I think that Friday going into the Patriot game, we, we both went like this. Yeah, Hunter Henry and the other Patriot tight end and Mac Jones, you know, they may not be stars. But then you brought up the point. You said this. You went, yeah, but Zach Cunningham and uh, Nicholas Murrow are lesser than those guys. So to me, here's where I think it comes down to with this Jets game. Again, for it to be a, a chance for the Jets to keep it close is that are the Eagles going to be able to put two weeks in a row, actually four quarters right. in a row of playing good pass defense against a very shitty Pass offense. Now, would I say that New England is a better passing attack than than the Jets? I would. Do I think Mac Jones is a better quarterback than Zach Wilson? I do. Mm -hmm. I saw Zach Wilson have a pretty good game against Kansas City. He's hot and cold. Very. And to me, here's where this sets up. So are you going to play press coverage? Or are you going to give that guy and that kid, hey, hey, Tone, I don't care how bad you are. If you give a guy a 10-yard 10, 10 cushion, He's every gonna, Ian Book could complete it's that. It's pitch and catch. It's pitch and catch, dude. So 
I'm going to be interested in to see how that dynamic plays out because everyone's going to go, we're going to kill Zach Wilson. Well, wait a minute. You're going to, how are you killing someone with a 10 yard cushion off the ball? Right. Uh, I mean, how are you, we're going to blitz. Okay. So what if he goes into rhythm throwing like Sam Howe did against the Eagles? How are you going to defend that? Your guys are off the ball. Right. I think so. I think, this is the philosophy thing here for me. How right. are they going to handle that dynamic? Are you going to get up on the line? Are you going to walk back? Are you bringing pressure? I think they're going to do a lot of hitch passes right out of the gate. I'm talking Jets. Yeah, the Jets, they understand their offensive line is in shambles. They're going to have a similar game plan to what the uh, – who did the Eagles play that got that ball out really, really quickly? Um, it was the – what game was that? Washington. It was the Commanders. Yes, Washington, yes. They're going to try to mimic that to a certain extent, right? They're going to try to limit our possessions. They're going to try to get that ball out as quick as they possibly can. So you're going to see a lot of quick slants. You're going to see a lot of crossing routes. You're going to see a lot of, you know, throws to the flat. You're going to see them trying to get that ball out of his hands and getting him in rhythm and getting him confident. Um, but here's the thing, right? What happens when things get off schedule? You know, what happens when you have to deviate from uh, the plays that you scripted, right? What happens when you have to deviate from that? I think this game um, is going to – I think the Eagles pull away in the third quarter. But you brought up a good point. The Eagles, especially those DBs, you have to have those guys putting pressure on – of those wide receivers, right? I think that, I, as a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if Sean decided doesn't blitz at all in this game. You have the front four to you have the front four to dominate that that offensive line, right? They're missing, uh, all, they're missing their starting right guard. Makai Beckton is a joke. Um, they're uh, they're missing their starting left uh, left tackle and Dwayne Brown. That offensive line had problems before they even got hurt, right? So, a guy like Zach Wilson, the moment you get hands and feet on him a couple times. This game is he, he he's he's going to unravel. So I think I think this game is won and lost in the trenches. But on top of that, I think the Philadelphia I think the Philadelphia Eagles have to limit the cushion that they provide to those wide receivers. So Zach Wilson can't even begin to feel confident or comfortable in that game. How about this though? You say pull away. What game have they pulled away? That's a good point. Bucks? That's a very good point. But I look at it like this though. That's a very good point. I look at it like this. This offense is slowly but surely starting to figure out what they're trying to accomplish. Right. You know, there were many boxes. You took that much away from that second half. The Actually, second half. that's not Our, fair. That that offense, I thought, was a four-quarter. I, I thought yeah, it was it, four quarters. So, so I, again, like, I'm looking at it like this, right? You know, week one, week two, week three, we had many questions about with this offensive pass attack, right? We finally saw it open up a little bit in the second half of, in the Washington game. Uh, and then and then the Rams matchup comes, and you see the pass, and you see them dealing, you know, throwing a ball all over the place. A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, uh, DeAndre Swift, you saw them. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Using the entire field and using every blade of grass and using all the weapons at their disposal. Again, Jalen Hurts is starting to become more comfortable in his offense with his coordinator, and the, and the passing attack is only becoming more and more lethal. I think, they, I think they're starting to figure it out. They had many boxes to check early on in the season. The last box they need to check is the red zone efficiency. I think they solved that this week. How about this? So if you're the Jets and they have the linebackers to cover Dallas Goddard here, you think mm -hmm. it's going to – I think one of the objections or one of the objects 
for them to be able to take away is going to be Dallas Goddard. They got to prove it. They're going to want to take him and put a guy on him and have him line up on him. Mm. And they're going to try to take that dynamic because the one thing that changed that whole look of that offense was him. And if they see that, there's no question that Robert Saylor is going to see that. And they're going to put their most talented linebacker on him, that kid Mosley. And they're going to line him up. I'm not saying that Dallas can't beat him. Right. I'm saying it's going to be a more difficult time getting the ball to him. And they're going to make him have to take and try to find a way to move the chain. Now, does that mean more swift? Does that mean AJ? I'm glad does you that said mean that. Again, looking over that. to Devontae. Think about I it like this, right? They can't stop the run. Them is, is Dallas Goddard's got to be stopped. Think about it like this. The Jets can't stop the run right now. So, so if you so shockingly if, too, shocking. Right. If you put that pressure on them to have to, you know, stack the box. See, here's the thing, right? The, the way the Eagles play. How much like the amount of weapons they have at their disposal? You got to pick your poison. Do you want them to run you over, or do you want them to air it out against you? The Jets are pretty much stuck in the pickle. If I'm guessing, I think the Jets are going to panic and they're going to try to prevent that team from getting a running game started, and it's going to be wide open for everybody else. And also another thing that I think doesn't get talked about enough: that Denver matchup was a very emotional game for them. You know, there were a lot of things you know riding on that matchup, right? I think their emotions were so high off that game. I think they come back down to earth this Sunday. Um, I, I just, again, I want to see a full four quarters of football on defense. I agree. Now, again, um, do you bring pressure? Do you not bring pressure when you're talking Zach Wilson? Now, look, I don't start off with pressure. I don't start off with pressure. I want well, to see, well, see my front four does first, and then I'll go from there. But see, I'm, I need to help my corners right now. Okay. And 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 do you agree with me what I'm saying about Slade? The reason that they're playing zone is because both those guys ain't playing hot, especially Slade. Slade and Bradbury haven't had a great start to the season, if you ask me. Okay, so that means something else, too. That means they're maybe playing that because they don't feel pretty comfortable what they have when it comes to depth, that they're mm -hmm. forced to do that. And, Tone, that's why teams have been able to hang around. That's why I kind of put a – 2616 number there because until you show me that you can put teams away, um, you've got to prove that to me. You know, most people are saying they're going, I think this is going to be this. I think this is going to be well, this is who you are as of right now. Now, look, we saw things go in the second half, and I I I did. I, I agree with you. I was like this: the play calling was really good, the defensive play calling was even better. There were great signs against, and what I loved about it was it's Raheem Morris and Sean McVay you're doing this against. And that was and that was the biggest part for me. It, it, it's it could, because we questioned whether this team could be you know can out coach Sean McVay. And we talked about that prior. Yeah, to that absolutely. Answer. In the first half, we got nervous. The second half, you saw Sean decide doing things, and McVay I was shocked. Have an answer. I, I was blown away. So that tells me, okay, there's something there with this guy Sean decide. You you mentioned it earlier in the show. He's doing more with less. Absolutely. Jonathan Gannon would have ran to the principal's office and said, listen, man, I need uh, I need, I, I, I need some more guys, man. I can't handle this. So the side said, listen, y'all do your job. I'll do mine. My job is to coach these guys and put them in the best possible position to succeed. To succeed. He watched that first half and said, you know what? I'm not liking what I'm seeing. I'm not liking what I'm doing. Let me tweak some things, right? And things got back in motion. Let me throw some names at you here. And I'm going to – I'll throw this out to everyone else a little bit later here. Okay. Um, when it comes to – here are some names of people that are going to be 
in the market when it comes to potential October 31st movement. Would you have any interest in Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, or the Broncos safety, Justin Simmons? I'm looking more at, well, the safety, yes, I'm very interested in that, right? Um, I'm looking more towards Jeremy Chin, uh, the other safety um, with the Broncos, Kareem Jackson. Uh, he's a veteran, older guy. I think he's older than the other safety that you mentioned um, from the Broncos. But I think the Eagles do need to add um, – they, they need a safety. If they can get their hands on either one of those three guys, um, I think the Philadelphia Eagles will be, will be in business. I like – I'm curious to see what the Bradley Roby move does in the long term. I need to see a couple more games out of him to see, you know, what that really looks like. Um, the perfect game to actually really pay attention to how Bradley Roby really fits in will be that Miami game. Um, I, I don't really think we're going to really find out Bradley Roby um, what he's all about in the, in, in the Jets game. I mean, they're not really a good passing offense at all. So I'm going, I'm looking forward to see what he does in that Miami matchup where they're really going to have to pay attention to all those boys on the perimeter. Um, but I think, I think the Eagles do need to target a safety and free agency. I do. Would you give up a first and a second for Patrick Sertain, who's 23 years old? Ooh, that is, um, you're not going to find a You're not going to find a corner in next year's draft with more experience that young. Think before you say anything, Tone, he's 23. The kids in the draft next year, there's some pretty good corners coming in. This guy's a proven pro bowler. And if you're who you think you are, you're going to be picking. And so see a guy like Chris goes, hell no. Well, let me throw this at you. If you're who you think you are and you're going to win a Super Bowl, it's the third go pick in the draft. Got to go for it. Mm -hmm. Would you, you get a 32nd pick up in the draft for a all pro 23 year old corner. Okay. Okay, so he's in his he's he's in his rookie contract right now. He's in uh he's in year three of his rookie deal. Um since he was drafted in the first round, um, he gets the fifth year option. So if the Eagles trade for him, they'll have him for the rest of 2023, 2024, 2025, if they if they pick up the option, and then he wouldn't be they wouldn't have to negotiate until 2026. And then you're going to be losing Slay by then and Bradbury. I actually wouldn't put it Double past him to do is that. Twenty-three. Uh, Patrick Sertain is twenty-three years old. Yes, twenty-three years old. I actually wouldn't put it past him to do. And when you think about all the variables, right? Like I said, Bradbury and Slay, they're on the back nine, right? As a matter Completely. of fact, you, you, you can make an argument they're they're both on like the seventeenth or the eighteenth hole, honestly. So when you put it that way, see, it's all about what is. I wouldn't mind making the move. It's all about what the Eagles would give up. Right? Now, if the Eagles were in the 12th hole or the 13th hole, probably not going there. But if you're going to be one of the better teams, that's a good point. NFL, if you see if you see yourself going to the Super Bowl, you're at the bottom of the draft tone and you're picking yeah. 31, 32. I'll, I'll give that up for Patrick. Are you? It's like you, a you, top yeah, of the that's second a good point. round. That's a good point. When you think about it from that perspective, we see Eagles fans. We got to look at it like this. We're not look. We're not talking about a top 10 overall pick. Absolutely not. The Philadelphia Eagles. If we're if we think they're as good as we think they are, they're going to be one of the final two teams to fight for the Super Bowl. So we're talking about a 31st, 32, maybe 30th overall pick, right? Would I give that up for Patrick Sertain the second and the second round pick? And you're talking about a corner that I can have for the next seven, eight ten years, years, 10 years. I would do that. I would do that because a 32nd overall pick is one pick away from a second rounder. I mean, you're basically giving up two second rounders for him. So I mean, I would do that. I would for a corner for the next 10 years. I'm doing it. 
I would what, do what, what what did what was the what was the exact exchange for AJ Brown on because they gave a one up, didn't they? I'm about to find out right now. They gave a one up for him. Okay, so here it is. The Philadelphia Eagles and the Tennessee Titans shocked the NFL world when, when Tennessee shipped off their Pro Bowl wide receiver AJ Brown to the Eagles in exchange for uh a first and third round pick uh in the 2022 NFL draft. They got okay. AJ Brown. What was that pick? That pick was to be exact because that pick became give me one second. It was All right. It was the 18th overall pick. So, you gave up the 18th overall pick for a guy who's maybe your greatest wide receiver in of all time. Of all time. That's Princess, I would because a, a, you will a first have and a third. And Isaiah Rodgers. I would that I would pull the trigger on that because the because the Broncos play the Chiefs this week and if the Chiefs smack them like we think they should, well the Chiefs are struggling Thursday night if the Chiefs beat them the Broncos are going to be huge sellers if 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 Patrick Sertain's on the table if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles I'm I make the call and here's the thing though what do you do after that with Slay and Bradbury right who's moving do you move Bradbury to the slot and then you put Sertain on the outside. And then you have him go like, like, how, how would you, how would, would you make I that not, work? I, how about me moving Sertan to the slot and then moving him over because it's an easier transition in my secondary in the slot to get him on the field quicker than playing corner in a defense that he hasn't played yet. You and can you allow plug him and to play. You, you allow him to travel as well. And that that's right. He, and he's he able could, to be more of a center weapon. fielder. I like where you're going with this, Sills. And I then, think... and then you get the entire offseason and OTAs to move him back to his natural position. And you still got, and you still got the rookie contract at your disposal. Correct. And you're already, and you're already, we're already anticipating. And you can franchise him for two year, two times on that if you had to. And and on top of that, there's a chance Slay wouldn't even be here next year. I, I'm actually anticipating this being Slay's last year here. It is. I, so when you think about it from that perspective, you got a corner for the next ten years. I would do that. Think of, and also, what corner can you draft in the first round? Because the, the Eagles are going to be in the search for a corner in, in these next couple of drafts. Well, the kid what, Kool Aid. What, what corner can you draft that's going to be like to be one of the top kids? But, but think I've about the start. Beat a, dude, I'm not. Think, think about the starter cost, right? Kool Aid versus Patrick Sertain, and he's 23, and the other guy's 21. No dice. That guy's an All Pro. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I'm I'm pulling the trigger because there's no corner I can draft that's going to be ready to do what I need. What Patrick Sertain can do for me right now, so I I would make that move again. A 32nd overall, 31st, 30th overall pick for Patrick Sertain. I'm I'm pulling that trigger. See, here's here's what here's what Denver then though is going to look at it as. They're going to want it as a contingency pick because they're going to go like this. What if the Eagles do finish and they win to say they win the Super Bowl? That pick becomes the thirty-second pick. Mm-hmm. There's got to potentially, maybe even be. Hey, they personally, they they may want to play. Shock you, Denver may want two ones or maybe two twos, a one, two, and a three, plus a player or something. Mm-hmm. Because that might be too steep I mean, for Howie. Two we're ones, not talking might, about Houston here. That might be too steep for Howie. Two ones. Yeah, but is that a premium position that Howie spends money on? And he's shown that he does. Though. It is. He's shown, he's shown. You're right. The Eagles spend money on quarterback. They spend money on t- on left tackle. Well, O line. They spend money. And he's on a O-line. premium player. It's a, see, I know what I would do, but what would I see? We got to think how how would how yeah, would make correct. this move? 
But right. see, I'm staying in a sandbox, like you said, edge rusher, um, uh, corners, mm-hmm. wideouts. He'll spend money and assets. And the move gives him flexibility. And if you and also if you anticipate yourself being contenders, a fir, trading first overall, trading a first round pick, and and if you're expected to be in the 30s. Would like is it really that much of a loss? Are you willing to is, no. is Howie Roseman willing to sacrifice two first round picks over the next two years for Patrick Sertain? I think he would. How about this too? Help me out on this one. You know, the some people that are watching us right now are under the impression Sertain is worth the top 10 pick. Absolutely. I would say this to you. Some people are valuing that 32nd pick more so than Patrick Sertain. That's a freaking joke. That's not even remotely close. Name me a cornerback that Howie Roseman has ever drafted. Good point. Howie Roseman has not that, – that, that's even more to your point, right? The Philadelphia Eagles have not had good luck in terms of drafting corners. As a matter of fact, um, the last corner that they drafted in the first round that was worth anything was Lito Shepard. And even then, people still felt like he was overdrafted. So if we're – if we're basing this off of the Philadelphia Eagles history. And how long ago did Lito Shepard play? That was like in the 2000s, man. So that's a while ago. You know what I mean? So we're so, talking almost 18 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, if if we're basing this off of Harvey Roseman's trajectory and, and, and the moves he's made, I wouldn't put it past him to trade, you know, to, you know, to, uh, you know, to trade for another corner. I, and I, he's an SEC made. guy. And he's an SEC guy. And he has the Alabama connection with, uh, you know, with, uh, with, with Devontae Smith and those boys. So that's, that, that's an interesting move. I'm willing to do it. The 32nd pick, probably because Denver here, here's here's where Denver is with this right now. Denver's probably going to get either the second, could potentially even get the first pick, depending if they put up the white flag or not. If they get killed by Kansas City, I think the U-Hauls are backed up. And I think they're going to um back up a lot of these guys. This guy, um, Justin Simmons, he's a really good football player, dude. He can play. Mm-hmm. He's a good-looking safety, too. I'd be not adverse to try to do something to try to move that guy. But the thing with Sertan here, hey, man, here's a 30-second pick. I'll give – that means they'll have 32 and 2. You could maybe even parlay that 32nd into another top 15 pick somehow with a trade of another player like maybe Jerry Judy, and you could get yourself three ones. Because here's the problem, Tone, with Denver. They're not taking a quarterback. Do you know that Russell Wilson's escalators haven't even kicked in yet? They That's kicked rude. in next year, which means you have three years of unbelievable dead cap money that approaches $70 million a year on the cap. for th- you, have, you cannot move off of him. Drafting Caleb Williams is, is fool's gold thinking. You have to put as many talented players – and then two years out, you're going to have to learn to live with this guy. Draft a guy down the road here because you're not going to draft a quarterback. you got to have guys play now if you're Sean Payton. You know, Sean Payton could do this too, Tone. Hey, I never signed that deal. The, the general manager, when you go to the owner, I never signed that deal with this guy. This wasn't my guy. You can't, you you brought me in here to clean this shit up. Okay? That's a good point. Let's, let's, find out, let's find out the, the details of that deal, right? So, whoa, they are stuck. Okay, so they have a potential out in 2026 with a dead cap hit of 31.2 million. That's the bet. And then, at, at, you know, what year is that? 
2026. You're right. Three years. They're stuck three with the years Three years away of having to eat all that. Look at look at look at those. Look at the money that it's a cap hit on. You can't yeah. you not tell the folks what the cap hit is on Denver? Okay, so I'm going to tell you the dead cap hits. Right in 2023, if they decided to part ways with him now. They have a 107 million dollar cap hit. Dead cap hit on a 218 if, million dollar cap. Uh, if, uh, Payroll. If they part, if they parted ways with him in 2024, $85 million cap hit. If they parted ways with him in 2025, a $49.6 million cap hit. And then in 2026, it drops to 31.2. In 2027, 12.8. So they really don't have a potential out until 2026. They're stuck with this guy for three years. And that's why they need to make moves to get first rounders right now. And they've got to get the most for guys like Patrick Sertan. You're probably keeping him because he's probably a centerpiece on your team moving forward. But if people are offering ones to you and twos and threes, they the only way they're going to save that thing is getting high-end draft choices, one, two, and three. That's how you're going to turn that thing around. Because the quarterback situation, look what happened. Do you understand, Tone? And I don't think the people in Philadelphia understand this. This could be you. You know what's so interesting about it too, man? Because he get this, how he constructed that same deal you read to me, mm-hmm. the same deal that you just read was constructed for him. He vetoed it. The Philadelphia Eagles could easily be right now the Denver Broncos. That's a good point. And also, we, we can't we can't overlook how desperate the Broncos may be right now. Think about it like this: they gave up so many assets, so many first round picks to bring in Russell Wilson. I think they're. I think they're willing to take any first rounders that they can get. So, and for I the want, coach, they had to give New Orleans one. Hey, Christopher, yeah, don't right. forget Smith and Sertan will need to get paid the same year. Um, hard to do that with O line getting paid along with AJ. Yeah, but here's the thing, Christopher. Interesting, Chris. Interesting, Chris. That's interesting. But but here's the thing: you can also franchise tag, um, Patrick Sertan. You can tag him. You don't have to give him a. You could give him one year con. You could give him little bumps and bonuses like that, depending on how you and how important the kid is to you. By the way, if I got a guy like Patrick Sertain, I'm going to pay that guy. If I could pay Darius Slay eighteen million dollars, Tone, think about this. If I'm going to pay Darius Slay eighteen million dollars when I first brought him here, or sixteen million dollars, I'm going to pay Patrick Sertain twenty two at twenty three. He's a better player than Slay. He's a better player than Slay ever was. Sertain is amazing, man. You know, I'm looking at it like this too. I mean, he he did bring up a good point about the fact that you know they're they're going to have to pay some people around that time. But they they got they're going to have to pay Landon Dickerson too. So and Devontae, and Landon Devontae. This 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 is going to be this is really interesting. That's why I think it, it, Swift. Even though Patrick Sertain is a, a, a dream, I think they're more likely to I think they're more likely to go for a safety. Um, just because if they did trade for, I mean, oh, they need a corner, dude. They that a corner. This is has to be a priority in that April draft. This is going to be so interesting to see how it plays out because Harry Roseman definitely has some work to do. But the the way the Jalen Hurts contract is set up, they're going to have some flexibility, and the Dallas Goddard contract is going to expire soon. This is. I'll be honest, Sills. I really don't know what they're going to do, but I think they're going to. I think they're going to go after a guy who maybe 
one year left in her deal that they can get rid of after the fact. Um, Sertain, as, as much as I would like that move, it seems a little tricky. It seems a little tricky. How about this, Tone? You put a guy like Sertain, though, in your back end. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I would love that, to have Sertain. Doesn't that push you even further away from the Cowboys? That's a good point. And also, Dirty D broke up a good point as well. They did sign that corner that's going to be available next year. So, so you got Isaiah Rogers and Patrick Sertain replacing those two guys, and those two young players are going to be there for the next seven-plus years, and you got lockdown corners, and you got corners this time that ain't going to play just zone, that could get up in your grill and, pe- and play press coverage and help your – I'm telling you, man, a 30-second pick, I can't believe Eagle fans look at the 30-second pick and look at Howie's history at drafting corners like he's been great at it. He has blown at two things, wide receivers and corners. He hit Devontae, but every other wide receiver that he's drafted has been a train wreck. Yeah, and I look at it like this, too. The Philadelphia Eagles, we're in the business of Super Bowls right now. So, Are you? The way I see it, we got any anything, anything is expendable from a draft perspective. I'm trying to win the Super Bowl right now. So... If I if, if I can get if I can get a player that can change the entire complexion of my defense, I got I, I got to do that. I got I think Harry Rosen was looking at it like this. The same thing he did last year with Indomitian Sue and all those boys. He knew that I need to make a move. Robert Quinn, even though we didn't really get much out of him, he's looking at it like I need to make a move to push myself. Think about the 49ers. They would they traded for CMC CMC last year. They they knew they were that close. I, I wouldn't put it past Howard to make a home run move like that. I would not because he's he's looking at this defense and he sees the weaknesses. The weaknesses is in the DB room. He's going to make a move. It's either going to be a safety or a corner. Absolutely. Tone, great stuff, my friend. Absolutely, my man. I I appreciate you as always, sir. Thank you very much. That's our good friend, Tone. Absolutely. Hey, guys, do me a favor. Make sure you go to our good friends at Hooters in the Northeast area, man. NortheastHooters.com. Thank you guys so much for being the official title sponsor of the National Football Show with Big Sills. We so appreciate it. Look. 40-year tradition that we've been involved with all those years. We know pretty much everybody at the company. We love them, man. If you don't want to go into any one of the locations, get Hooters2Go.com. Go right there on the app. They'll bring the food out to you. The iconic Hooter girls will bring that out to you, man. Fantastic stuff. If you want to go in, do me a favor. Try some of the great 40-year traditions. Buy 10 wings. Get 10 boneless free. How about Wing Wednesdays, man? 1983, all you can eat. Kids eat for free on Saturdays. Go to northeasttutors.com. That's northeasttutors.com to find one of the great locations nearest you. Fall football in Hooters. What a better time right now. When you go in, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. and Hooters, the perfect pair.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. National Football Show, we appreciate it. We're going to look at even more names as they get closer to the trading deadline. Let me ask you, what does Howie Roseman do with N'Kobe Dean as you get closer to game day? How would you handle this situation? Both backers are playing. I would give a grade. If I were to give a grade on the linebacker played right now, Shockingly, a C plus. Probably C plus. Somewhere there. I, I personally, I thought it was going to be a disaster. F. Okay, C plus. Somewhere in there. What do you do with Nicobe Dean? Your so-called steal in the third round. What do you do with them? Dean starts for Cunningham, but you circulate him. I mean, you rotate him. Trade him? How do you trade him when you don't even know what he has? That's your green dot? You're in trouble. Nicobe Dean, I hate to do this to you guys. I think it's he's exactly who I thought he was. This is going to be one of the craziest evaluations of a guy. 
According to reports, the Eagles have been working Dean out with Cunningham in practice today. They're going to take Nicholas Morrow out. And they're going to put him back in. Howie Vision. Here's my assessment of Nicobe Dean. He's a talented kid who's not built for the NFL. And you guys can talk about all of his brains and his smarts, and he's not built for the NFL. You're going to take a guy out because you cut him. And Tone, what's that number that Pro Football Focus said about Nicholas Morrow and where he is? So you're now taking reps away from a guy who was improving as a player and a guy who was making a move to keep that job. And you're going to start taking reps away from him so that you can be right with your draft choice. Keon goes some BS stat. All right, let's just say it. That guy's not built for the NFL. He's not built for it. Try that stat. Always hurt. Never finishes games. He can't even get through a practice. He couldn't even get through the first half. Taking Morrow out is a crime, but I know Dean will continue to prove people wrong. When has he proven anything? He can't get on the field. And when he does, he can't stay on the field. That's right, AZ. Dean has hardly played. Why? Because he's always hurt. How can you develop somebody when they can't stay healthy? Dean has played what? He was terrible when he was in the game. He was terrible. Look at what they just did. Nicholas Morrow, with his deeds on the field, have pro- has proven he deserves a starting assignment versus the Jets, but they don't care. So they're going to because their personnel office, and I'll say this right to everyone here, their personnel office has more power than the coaching staff. They make game day decisions. The coaches don't. Prime-ass example is right there. This is everything I've said about your organization. This is why you're 21-1 and with a silver medal. This is why you've won one title in 30 years. You can't win Super Bowls multiple from the owner's box.
or the general manager suite. Facts. You're going to take a guy out who's played his ass off and getting better because you drafted a guy in the third round. You want to be right. I mean, Derek Barnett, I mean, you know, when you pass out GI bills, it's like for six years, you got a GI bill and shit like that. This guy's like on a GI bill, man. Or he's like on scholarship or something with, they gave him like a six year scholarship with the Eagles. I mean, because they drafted him in the first round, Howie doesn't want to look like shit. So he begged him to take less money so he could keep him on the team so he could look good. Look, I got him to take less money. Why don't you just move him? He's useless. Well, he's depth. <laughs> really. One thing I would look at with, with uh, Derek Barnett, I would look at him and go, he's depth. He's dead weight. He's dead weight. Man, another first rounder bites the dust. But I got to keep him because I drafted him. I can't look bad. I can't look bad with a guy in Nicholas Morrow who's playing well. And I even thought he sucked. But he's come on. You got to give him his kudos. The Eagles even cut him. Holy cow. Tone's like, wait a minute. What's going on here? Hey, where's Nick Sirianni say? Is Nick good with that move? If you were a head coach, would you be good with that move? Would you really make that decision and go, well, I'm going to play a guy who hasn't played in a month and didn't play any last year, and I'm going to put him in there. You know, hey, I think that's the right move. How do you know who he is? Yeah. At least the kid Murrow's been playing good ball. He's been he's ranked like fifth as one of the top LBs in the NFL right now. Yeah. Like you guys say, stats. Oh man. This guy has sucked. Steve goes, hey. Why bust on Howie? He won us a Super Bowl. Always good to hang your hat on that thing. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. That seven-year thing ago. Congratulations to you. And now I know why Eagle fans hung their hat on that 1960 title. Keep reversing back to that. According to John McMullen, Morrow's current numbers five in pro football focus and linebackers and Terrier. They're going to take him out of the starting lineup. Oh, my God. What a front office move that is. Nate Sudfeld must be cheering. <laughs> Holy cow, man. Woo! Man, woo. Watch this, too. Watch him come in and have 11 tackles and how he start parading. Hey, you see how he on the sidelines in the Rams game? It was Los Angeles. You know he had to. You, you saw him. I know you did. You see how he on the sidelines in L.A.? I'm the architect. I run this bitch.
Hey, hey, did you see him on the sidelines? I thought he, I, hey, seriously, I thought he was going to run out to the middle of the field so the cameras could get on him. He was looking for a camera, man. I mean, I don't know who looks for a camera more. Okay. Now he's, he was looking for a camera. Yes, sir, man. I'm over here. This is my team. I built it. You know, it's LA. He ain't doing that in Tennessee. <laughs> he, he's not jumping out in front of the camera in Tennessee. This guy's like Paris Hilton. I'm over here. Kim Kardashian. This guy loves him some Howie, man. I'm a rock star. The rock, that's what we're going to call him. Hey, man, rock star GM, Howie Roseman. Satan Hudsfeld, I mean, Nate Sudfeld, sub silly Roni. <laughs> Nate, hey, Nate, I'll always love Nate Sudfeld, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of Philadelphia Eagle football. Has to be. If you could sit Jalen Hurts for Nate Sudfeld, because we got to get a look, must have been important. <laughs> Nate Sudfeld, as of October 4th, Nicholas Morrow, Via pro football focus, defensive grade, number three, 84.9, tackle grade, number five, 86.3, coverage grade. Wow, these are really good numbers, man. Number 12, 71.8, pressures, number three, six, sacks, number two, three, and you're going to sit them. Oh, my God. Uh, wait, you're, you're going to share time with him, with a guy who can't play. Or, wait a minute, I'll even take that back. Who can't stay on the field? Holy cow. Woo! Yes, sir, baby. Got to get my guy because, you know, he's the steal of the draft. That's what y'all keep telling me. Yeah. <laughs> so wait a minute. Guys like JM are going. Those rankings are ridiculous. So is the ranking for Jalen Hurts as the number three guy in the NFL with NFL.com? Is that a joke too? Because Carson Wentz had the same one three years earlier or five years earlier. He had the same ranking as number three in the NFL. So is that a joke too? Or, or, or only when it applies? This is fun. Yeah. Howie being Howie. This is the kind of shit right here, man, that hurts you. Man, Howie could get you to hey, Howie could get you to the Super Bowl. He sure can. He just ain't gonna win it. If they make that move, benching him, mark my words, no Super Bowl. Dean, hey, get this. Look at Scott. Dean has been solid. <laughs> when was that? He sucks. <laughs> he was terrible. No, he was good. Good? Morrow's better. 
If they make that move benching him, my mark my words, no Super Bowl. How about this? You guys are telling me that Dean was good. This guy's playing above good. So you're still going to sit him for good. You're contradicting yourself. Somebody else always contradicting. You're contradicting yourself. You're going to take the better player out. A guy who's playing a better player. He's playing better football. You're going to take him out to put a guy in who hasn't played and hasn't really shown anything yet. Sports radio. I feel like Quez Watkins for a big game this week. Hey, dude. The only big game that Quez Watkins will have on his Madden game. It won't be on a football field because you have to actually fight for something on a football field, okay? That guy couldn't win a pillow fight. He couldn't win a pillow fight. I think sports radio sniffing magic markers. Quez Watkins, one of my least favorite football players in the league. Yes, sir, baby. How about this? Wait a minute here. What's the guy saying about the, the general manager here? Sills may as well become the GM of the Eagles. No, 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 Pietro. I'm sure you probably think that Howie's right to bench Morrow and put a guy who hasn't played in a month in. Uh, you're right. You can't even justify that. He's got the green dot. It was given to him. Nothing earned. He didn't earn that job. It was given to him. Nicholas Murrow earned the job. And they're taking it away because of politics. NFL politics. By the way, that's not isolated to the Eagles. Tone, and so you guys know, that's not isolated to the Eagles. That's an NFL thing. If you're not drafted to that respected organization, the, the chances of a UDFA or a free agent coming to your team, the chances of you making the, the, the squad or being a starter is twice as less as the guy who was drafted by that respected GM to make the club. That's, a, that's an NFL politics thing. That's not just isolated in Philly. That's everywhere across the gamut. Okay? All 32 teams operate like that. Why? Because general managers today have 10 times the power they did back in my time. They run the team. Look at Tom Telesco. You think Brandon Staley's got any say in that organization? This is all set up by the – do you notice how the league is set up today? you got Howie Rosemans, Tom Telesco's. You've got Eric DaCosta's. You've got guys all – Joe Douglas, Andrew Barry. you got all these guys that now have more say. Why? Because they're the mouthpiece for the owners. You pay them, you're going to play them. An NFL coach like Parcells or Johnson or whomever, they don't give a shit how much money they're paying you. That's what's happening in Pittsburgh right now. Do you understand that? The reason that Pittsburgh is not where they are, they're paying players right now that they have to play that Mike Tomlin doesn't want to pay or play. And that's why they're mediocre in 500. 
The Steelers never gave a shit about that stuff. They do now because there's so much economics now with the salary cap at around $220 million. These general managers run all these teams today. You, Of course, New England, Kansas City, um, Seattle, places like that. Yeah, of course, you still got those high-end coaches. But Parcells, those guys aren't around anymore. When Belichick, Belichick right now, the problem with Belichick, do you know what they're going to do with him? They're not going to fire him as a coach. They're going to fire many of his responsibilities as personnel people, and they're going to get him help. That's how they're going to save him. He's not going to have complete control of the personnel in the uh, football department anymore. You know, when, when Nick Casario left the New England Patriots, hey, let me just throw this at you here. Think about what what has happened. Tone, just double check this if you can for me. Nick Casario's down now in the Houston Texans, right? Okay. You know where Nick Casario was prior to that? He was in New England. And he was up there helping them pick draft picks, free agents, bringing them in. Scott Pioli was up there. You had Scott Pioli and Nick Casario helping Belichick, along with those coaches like Romeo Cornell and all them guys that were up there, helping him look at personnel, professionally, pro personnel, and college personnel. Well, he ain't got that shit up there anymore. What's happened to the Houston Texans? The Houston Texans are getting better because Casario is now down with the Texans as the general manager. And now you've seen the Texans make a turn. Quarterback looks good. Will Anderson's up for the Rookie of the Year award defensively. That's why Belichick is having problems. He's having problems with personnel. It's not the same thing. It's not just a Brady thing. It's a 53-man roster thing. That's the problem. And here's the other problem that you have in Philly that is almost a microcosm of what you have in Dallas and in New England. When you have that kind of power, you get in the way. You are you overcoach Jalen, and you're overthinking your roster. I will be a menace on Twitter if they bench Morrow. Hey, I'm look, look right, look. You guys are dead on. You guys are spot on nails when it comes to Howie Roseman as a really good GM. But when you have that kind of power, man, you have, he's so involved in everything, coaching hires, pro personnel, college, the type of game plan who should be active and not. Do we all agree that that opening day game where they had Kenny Gainwell as the prime running back in that game? was not a Nick Sirianni call. It was a Howie Roseman call. That wasn't Nick's decision. That was a Roseman decision. Then they realized, whoa, Swift is good. Holy shit. You know, that's why they said we're going with the hot hand. Who said that Gainwell would be the hot hand of to feature him in the opening drive of the year? How did you know? He would be the hot hand. Why wouldn't you start Swift? 
Howie said no. Let me ask you this. How many people in here believe that Howie Roseman was telling Doug Peterson who to play on Thursdays and who would be active for the Sunday roster? I happen to actually know this. I just want to see what you guys say. Did Howie tell Doug Peterson who to play on Sundays? Yes or no? This goes to the reason I'm bringing this up because this goes to what we're talking about right now with Morrow and with Dean. Steve goes, I think he did. Yes. Yes. Joey, yes. Rob, yes. You're right. He did. That was the bitch. Because when you're paying people, you got to play them. Doug didn't care. He wanted to play the guys that he thought were better matchups on a week-to-week basis. How he couldn't continue to work like that. And that's why that thing unraveled. This is why Nick probably is a better coach. How about this? Not a better coach. A better fit in Philly than Doug was at the end. I wonder, because of the personality that Nick has, he continues to keep winning. Say he does win a Super Bowl. He's going to go down the same line as Doug Peterson. And he's going to want more control, or he's going to want out too. You, you, you're, being, you're being told what to do with your own team. You have no say. That's why he falls on the sword for his coordinators. And here, this move here is another great example of how the front office is telling him who to play. Like, like Tone said, let's just say that Morrow starts. All of a sudden, you start seeing Dean getting playing time. Why would he get playing time? He hasn't earned it. I'm just not going to give a guy playing time because you drafted him in the third round. Unless Morrow's play starts to falter, that's when you put him in. You don't put him in when a guy's playing well. You're trying to keep that continuity going. Aren't you or no? Or is this really about just building your team? Well, we'll be better in the end with it. The end? You got to beat the You got to beat the Jets first. That's the shit that you guys have always been great at. Not looking down the road. That's why general managers jobs. Do we not agree guys? Tone every Their job is to have um a foresight of what's to come. Football players look at one week, one day, one game, one half. That's their job. They don't look, well, we'll be better in the end. They look at the task at hand, which is the Jets. Okay? Now, now look, how much of an issue do I think this is? Well, you could make Zach Wilson look better than he isn't. And get this, it's not even because I think, I really don't think the kid sucks. I just think the kid needs more playing time and more reps. 
What they them saving him in the exhibition season was the most asinine thing on the planet. You gave him a green dot. You played him seven plays in the exhibition season. And then you said, we're ready to roll. And he hadn't played it down all year previous to that, but maybe 17 snaps. That's not preparation. And OTAs and organized practices, we're not going to get that kid ready. He was not ready. You saw him when he was in there. He wasn't ready. They were targeting him. Are you sure Dean's better than Morrow? Why would you take that chance right now? Look, I'll make this, I'll, I'll say this to you. I'll, I'll totally say this to you. If that kid starts faltering, I'm talking Morrow. I have no problem putting him in. See, the only thing, once again, the only thing that Nicholas Morrow has done is put himself in the game. That's the only thing. Shahid goes, Dean was born ready. Not for the NFL, he's not. He's not built for it. He has not. Do you know the one thing that I'm convinced already that he has proven? He's not built for the NFL physically. You can't tell me any other thing other than that. I don't even know if he's good. He's not physically built for the NFL. He's always hurt. Ankle injury that kept him out of, like, what was it? Two weeks, three weeks of practice? Get this. So he missed three weeks of practice over an ankle injury. Then the first game he gets taken out and he misses a month. You think this guy's – and he comes into the league with a shoulder injury. Oh, you're right. He's built for it. Uh, she, she, he goes like this. He's the same size as Merle. Some guys are built for it. Some guys aren't. No, you're right. You're right, Shahid. Dean has showed that he he's a healthy player. You're right. This guy wants you to lie to him. 85 goes, Dan, did you see CBS saying that Jalen Carter should be an all-pro consideration through five weeks? I completely agree. I completely agree. If I were to pick the two starting defensive tackles, um, I'll tell you what, that Quentin Williams has walked backwards a little bit. I'll take that kid in Washington, and I'll take uh, Jalen Carter as my two uh, pro bowlers on the NFC side. I'd rather see Cunningham. I think Cunningham's playing good too. I don't think he's playing. He's not playing poorly. Why would you put a guy in who's missed a month who hasn't shown you he can play? So, you, again, this goes to that test. That that that, that you're, Why would you gamble and test yourself and do that and like put a guy out there on training wheels when you're so close to the Super Bowl? Why would you gamble like that when you don't need to? Why would you do that? Why, I mean, why would you do that? Why would you do that? 
Why would you why would you take a guy out like that? Because general managers look at the end game. Football players and coaches are supposed to look at the game they're playing. How he's trying to do both. And that to me is the disconnect at times. That's why you've only won one Super Bowl in 30 years and the 30th anniversary of Jeffrey Lurie owning the team. There's too many voices in the room. Okay? Actually, there's one voice in the room, and it's not the head coach. You know, the one thing I used to love about Kevin Colbert when he ran the Steelers, and even Neil Donahue, who ran the Steelers, you guys may like this. You know what their objective was? They were the boss in the offseason. They put the team together. They helped in the hiring of coaches. But the Steelers all had a say in who was going to be their assistant coaches. Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, and Mike Tomlin all hired their own assistant coaches. Now, the Steelers will do what I tell you that Howie does. They'll put a list of about 20 names on a sheet, right? About 20 names. And you get to pick from them because they also want to feel comfortable with the assistants coming in. All right. They'll all agree on about 20 names and Mike Tomlin will pick somebody and go, I want, I want Lovey Smith. I, I'm, you know, I worked with him before. Everybody in the room is going to go great. He's a great talent evaluator. He knows what he's talking about. He worked with Monty Kiffin. They worked in the coaching staff down with Tony Dungy and Tampa. Everyone's going to be on the same page here. I'll tell you exactly when they hired, Two, two coaches are on that coaching staff in um, Pittsburgh that I know how it went. And you know what? Mike Tomlin hired him. Your guy didn't hire any coach. Carl Dunbar, the D-line coach, was my teammate. And Alfredo Roberts is the tight end coach in Pittsburgh. And he was my teammate at the University of Miami. Mike Tomlin brought him in, had dinner with him. They talked. Then they met the Roonies. They said, I want him. He goes, okay. Hired him. Same thing with Carl Dunbar. Carl Dunbar was at the University of Alabama as a D-line coach and brought him up. By the way, Carl Dunbar was at Alabama when Stoutland was down there. Brought him up. Tomlin wanted him. Jeff Stoutland spoke for him. Hired him. So did Saban. Jeff Stoutland got my friend Carl Dunbar, the D-line coach, Helped him get that D-line coaching job in Pittsburgh. Do you know that? Dan, do you think Desai will pull Dean if he starts shitting the bed at the Jets game? That's where I do think the coaches have some say. Okay? Yes. Yes. Again, though, you put yourself in an awkward position. Why am I here pulling a guy? Also, now you got to go into a football game against the Jets with a different play caller on defense once he's in there. Even when he gets in there. So say you have Dean in third and long, and he's subbing in for Morrow. You really think he's going to know what to do with an offense in the NFL when he's never really played a full NFL game at Mike. Do you really believe that? He's going to know. You know what he's going to do? He's going to set the defense early. 
which you're a move like that makes Zach Wilson look better. I have not seen one redeeming quality about Nicobe Dean and his play or his health that makes me think he's an NFL Mike linebacker. Not one thing. Likeable kid. His college career has nothing to do with where he is today. I don't care. That's old news. What he's done as an Eagle has been underwhelming because he hasn't had an opportunity. You could say that, but that's part of it. Hey, Bo Jackson was one of the greatest running backs in the history of the game, but injuries cut that thing short, right? Well, that's part of it too. Tony Baselli was one of the greatest offensive linemen of all time. Only played nine years. Thankfully, he made it to the Hall of Fame. Still, it's part of it. Seals, are you a Butkus Award voter? I sure am, and I did vote for him. I vote for every college football award in the country. I am on the, I'll show you the card too, that proves it. I vote for every college football award, not an award, Maxwell Award. I know Jacob puts it on. I, I vote for all those, Coach of the Year, all of that. Not an award, Outland Trophy. There's my Outland football right back there. All of it. Heisman. I have for 15 years. Okay. I vote for the NFL alumni MVP and defensive player and offensive player of the year and coach of the year awards. You know those 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 NFL shows you see at the end? I have a vote in that. I know. Must be rough. <laughs> By the way, we are at the top of the hour going to look more at some of the names that could be out there in free agent, okay? Q says Purdy will be a $60 million man. The Niners will then will he if he wins a Super Bowl. Let me tell you why. Hey Q, let me tell you why Brock Purdy is the MVP of the 49ers and the league right now. Okay? Look at what he's done. He has saved John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, a ton of money in not having to pay for anybody at the quarterback position. This guy doesn't make what kickers and punters make. He saved those two men on the Trey Lance deal. He's spreading the ball out now like he's the first pick in the draft. He's playing like Joe Burrow did when Burrow went to the Super Bowl. He's a seventh rounder. The latitude that, don't you guys see it? They're on the brink of a dynasty. Why? Okay. 
here. Do you know how many years the do you know how many years the Patriots got with Brady being a sixth round pick to build the team up? They got four years to build that team up. Not having to Tom Brady was never the highest paid player in the history of the league during his time in New England, ever. He was never the highest. He never got near the highest. He reinvested in the team. That was the rub at the end. It's because he had been given all that money back and there wasn't a lot of talent at the end. Russell Wilson was a third-round pick. Tavares Jackson. I don't know if you remember this name, Tone. Tavares Jackson? For two years, made more money than Russell Wilson, and Wilson went to two Super Bowls. Once they started paying him, they had to dismantle the team, and that's why they never won again. It's not just about him playing well. It's the money. You're not paying him. You've got basically two and a half years of rent-free money where you don't have to spend $400 million on one guy. You only have to spend $2 million on one guy. And it's the quarterback. It's how you build. Look at how they built the Eagles. The Eagles had two years, actually three years. Am I right, Tone? The Eagles have had three years of Jalen Hurts really non-big money. Same with Kansas City, really, in a way, because that kicked in just a couple years ago. Now they're paying them. That's why there's nobody there. It's the money. It's not so much that this guy's Joe Montana or something. They're winning and they're winning big, and they're not having to pay them. That's how you build a dynasty. Because you can build and pay Nick Boza. You can get Javon Hardgrave. You can get all those guys when you're paying a guy $960,000 a year. Quez Watkins makes more money than Brock Purdy. Try that out. Again. The, the added the added thing to the whole puzzle here is he is playing well. And he is playing great. He's playing better than Justin Herbert. Look at the money they just gave him. Dude, three first rounders. He saved that franchise. You may get this. If you put Brock Purdy on the open market right now, He'd be three first-rounders. You put Trey Lance on the open market, he's a seventh-rounder. Best. You put Zach Wilson on the open market, he's a sixth-rounder. Best. You put Sam Darnold on the open market, he's a free agent. Shit. 
You put Trevor Lawrence on the open market? Is he the first pick in the draft? Or is he maybe the 15th pick in the draft? How many of the quarterbacks that have been drafted in the NFL have increased their value the way Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy have? Look at Dak. He went up, then he went back down again. The top quarterbacks who have increased their value, let me see. Has Justin Herbert really improved his value? Or is he kind of still right where he was? Top 10 kind of guy, I guess. Does Shanahan get to a Super Bowl this year or does he fail, fall, fail the bar again? It looks good every year, but he's got to finish. The quarterback situation when, again, I'm going to never do this to you guys. Well, you know, if he would have had Brock Purdy Day to beat you, that's not part of it, man. You play a football game and Hassan Reddick, why would you diminish anything? That's why when the Niner fans are crying like that, because they didn't have their quarterback in that NFC title game. Well, defend them better. That's like telling a boxer in a heavyweight fight, hey, guess what? If I didn't get knocked out, I'd have beat you. I mean, really? Am, am I right? Right, Tone? That's like going like this. I'd have beat that guy if I didn't get knocked out. We got to put your hands up, kid. I mean, you know, defending yourself is also part of it. I mean, hey, dude, I'd have kicked your ass if you didn't knock me out in the first round. <laughs> Woulda, shoulda, coulda. No shit, man. I hate that. Hey, dude. Yeah, you can start talking like the Cowboys. Hey, I'm better than you. You just got floored. Did you just, did you just not get embarrassed? No. That's what the Cowboys are doing right now. The Cowboys, hey, get this. The Eagles are concerned with the way that they're playing, and they're 5-0. and The Cowboys like how they're playing. <laughs> I mean, if, if, dude, <laughs> you can't get any more of a different opinion of how you look at yourself than Philly. Philly hates how they're playing as players right now. They, they know they can play better, and they want to play better. Dallas doesn't look at the record and goes, we're just as good as them, even though they get killed by Arizona. If you didn't drop 42 points on me in three quarters, we would have beat you, I swear. <laughs> I know, Tone. That's the guy that comes up to me in a bar. Hey, Sills, I was all city. You should have seen me, man. I was all city. Cherry Hill. Unbelievable, man. If I didn't get hurt, I'd have been right there with you, brother. Right there at Miami playing right next to you and Jerome. Would have been crazy great. We would have been wonderful. Well, what happened, dude? I hurt my knee when I was playing JV. And, you know, then, you know, I came back. I was like, I was really honorable mention three times all city. And, oh, honorable mention all city. All city, Cherry Hill. Yeah, we played Penn Salkin a lot too, you know. Played the Catholic schools in the area. Did that too. So you blew your knee out in a JV game. Yeah. I came back though and made honorable, 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 honorable mention. All city, Cherry Hill. Okay. I'd have been right there with you, dog. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, I was all city. Bucko. Helen Keller highs. All-time passing leader. I twisted my ankle. 
I was never the same. Absolutely, man. You should have seen me at Chilla. You should have seen me at Chilla Coffee High in Illinois playing against Tiskawa. It was insane. Tiskawa against what? Yeah, Geneseo Tiskawa. You should have seen us, man. It was amazing. Amazing, man. I'd have, we would have won. We would have we run the Rock Island. We would have won the Rock Island City Crown. Promise you. But I blew my knee out. <laughs> okay, kid. <laughs> Pokai scored four TDs. I know, man. I got more respect for for um, Al Bundy. I know, man. I I love those guys in bars. Yes, yeah, I was all I was all city. Well, that's great, man. Where were you all sitting? Just a little place outside of like uh, Milwaukee. <laughs> Sorry? Yeah, Milo, you mean Milwaukee? No, no, no. It's a town outside of Milwaukee called Milwaukee. <laughs> uh, yeah, we didn't wear helmets. We wore headdresses. <laughs> Uh, what what did you guys play for every year? Well, we played for the ultimate peace pipe. Oh, what happened? I got hurt on the bench, man. It was crazy. That was the YMCA all-time leading sacker. Oh, man, I love those guys. I bet you Quan is one of them guys. Quan, hey, I saw, hey, if you, hey, let me tell you this. Senor, if you go to the, the YMCA in Philly, I guarantee you see Quan's face up there, man. He's the all-time pickleball champion for YMCA. Guarantee it. Parsons was swapping jerseys with Christian McCaffrey after a 42-10 to 10 blowout loss. Hey, man. <laughs> I'm sorry I wasn't that guy. I don't shake hands after wins or losses. That ain't... <laughs> yeah, a lot of YMCA all-city guys in here. Hey, Seals, you should have seen me at the Jackie Robinson YMCA. They got my pictures everywhere. Oh, really? They they put your picture up? No, I posted them. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I'll leave your boy alone. I don't want to hurt his feelings, man. You know that guy cries. Takes credit, too, man. See this guy going around? This guy goes around taking credit because... I don't know. I, yeah, I need a show. <laughs> uh, hey, I need a show. Hey, man, you know what? I'm on, you know, I carry Cilio's show. <laughs> hey, hey, hey uh, Tone, I carry Cilio's show, you know. I need, I need to, you know, get paid for this because I carry it. Hey, Quan, you stand on a anthill, guy. Quan, <laughs> all pro in the church league. Yeah, and then what you get after that, you get to go to IHOP. You get a golden meal. You get a golden meal ticket when you're like the all-church league guy. Big Seals, did you ever try for – Wheel, that's – Wheel, you don't know the story. I'll quickly say it to you. I was brought in by the Eagles, and everything was lined up for me to sign with you guys. Unfortunately, you guys didn't play very well against New York, and he got benched. I walk in there, Jerome goes, buddy, and I had known buddy. 
And he goes like this. You think I want another MF for you? You One of you around here? I know who you are. You know I know who you are. I looked at Jerome Brown. I go, you mother. And, and he looked at me. He goes, I know exactly. You think I want you two guys rolling around here like this? I don't need two assholes like you two guys. I can barely take his ass. This was in the hallway walking out to practice. The general manager had papers for me to sign with the Eagles. He looks at me and he goes like this. And I'm sitting here and I go, I had signed him. You think I want another guy like you around here? You think I want another mother effer like you? And I went, I, I put my head down. I looked at Jerome. He goes, this guy, this fat ass was lazy. And I, he looked at me. He goes, I go, what happened? He goes, he benched me in the Monday night game. It was a Monday night game where the Giants beat them. And he played his, he played so bad. And Buddy Ryan yanked him. And I'm sitting there going like this. Put me on an airplane. I went to Dallas and I signed with the Cowboys. <coughs> Man. <coughs> oh, yeah. Look at Keon. Jerome Brown's not a black guy. Brothers don't look at that. Only to you. He's a black guy. Jerome Brown's not a black guy. <clears throat> He's not a black guy. That's that's so disrespectful to call Jerome Brown a black guy. Jerome Brown's a leader. Jerome Brown was my friend who was killed. He's not a black guy. And Quan, just for you, okay. I carry his palm around. I got to take a time out. I hate that guy. Final hour of the program. Please hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. and Hooters, the perfect pair. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild, and time stands still. 
because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. coming aboard with us man i know you have all kinds of options out there we so appreciate you doing this each and every single day thank you so much i can't thank you enough seth joiner will join us tomorrow at 2 30 our good friend tone is going to step in with us chris sims is also going to join us that'll be tomorrow so we're really looking forward to that i am going to get to some of the numbers and some of the potential guys that are going to be out there for trade but I do want I, let let me let me ask you this. I was asked this question today. Um, would you guys agree with me that the difference between Andy Reid and Bill Belichick is that Andy Reid evolves, Belichick doesn't. And that's why the game is passing them by. Or is it because he just has Patrick Mahomes and he fell into him? Or is it both? Hey, Maniac, wasn't he always a walrus? (laughs) Hey, dude, the only thing Andy Reid needs with that big red jacket or ropes, and you could fly that guy in the Thanksgiving Day Parade that Macy's puts on every year. Uh, Am I right? Maniac. You could see him floating down Madison Avenue at the Macy's Day Thanksgiving Day Parade if you just put ropes on the guy. I mean, I mean, hasn't he always been like that? Hey, no disrespect, Andy, but if you put ropes on that jacket, Hoss, you're right up there with Bullwinkle. <laughs> hey, hey, dude. He's right up there with Bullwinkle, man. And Snoopy, right? I don't know, man. He, he, Hey, he's right up there with them guys. Andy lost weight. Look at him 10 years ago. <laughs> Andy lost weight. Okay. Hey, I guess the eye, you know, it's in the eye of the beholder. Right? Andy Reid is showing now it is both. I mean, how would he be doing what he's doing in Kansas City without Mahomes? Highly unlikely. Right? 
highly unlikely. He's really a great coach. Another thing before we get on to these names as we get closer to the October 31st trading deadline. Um, no Carson Wentz in the NFL yet. Has any quarterbacks been really injured outside of Carson Wentz? You know, the kid Josh Dobbs has done a fabulous job in Arizona. I, I Arizona made the right choice to stick with Dobbs. Um, has anybody been injured outside of Rodgers in Arizona? Not really. So Wentz is still, Wentz is still not in the league. Do you think Carson Wentz gets in the National Football League by the end of the year? Dan, would you trade for Asante Samuel Jr.? What am I trading? What are you giving up for him? I'm, we're going to look at those names now. I got, hey, the further this goes on, the more it looks like Wentz. He's not getting back in the league unless there's some catastrophe somewhere. Boy, that guy's reputation. Now, again, wait a minute now. I want to do this. Are you sure it's that what it is? The National Football League tried to put a reputation on Jalen Carter. That he was a bad character guy. That's why he dropped a 10. When he was at the Combines, the NFL scouts were saying, they're hearing character issues. Wasn't there a report by Adam Schefter that said that there were character issues? Or wasn't it? I forget who said that publicly said that there were character issues that they were hearing. It's either Schefter or the other guy, um, Ian Rappaport, that there were, there were character issues about Jalen Carter, which I haven't seen yet. National Football League, through some of its whatever, tried to suggest that Jalen Carter had bad had bad character. No, he had a horrific moment. Guy had a horrific moment. I never said anything negative about Jalen Carter. I'm the one that wanted to draft him. I told you, he was one of my five sandbox guys, along with Bijan. My two favorite players in the draft, that's not true, were Devin Witherspoon and Jalen Carter. And I said the day he was drafted, and prior to that, all you have to do is look on our on our um on our site. It's all posted. I said the day he was drafted, he's the next Jerome Brown. He has all the intangibles on being the best defensive tackle. I think I even said this tone when they drafted him that day. We came back that Monday and I said. By season's end, he could be the best defensive tackle in the NFC East. And there's quite a few good tackles in the East. Okay? Cilio is the last person that would ever bash Carter. He relates too much to the guy. You've had his back from the beginning. Absolutely. I had no issues with what happened 
in that unfortunate situation. I had no issues with it. Zero. Okay? Because don't you remember? Seth Joyner and I jumped that media guy for saying that he didn't think he was sorry enough, according to his likings. QB characters judged to a higher standard. Very true, LJ. Remember when we got on him? And how that guy goes, you know, you don't really seem like you're too sorry. We were all like this. Well, who are you? He don't owe you anything. And you know what he's done since that day? He's done a great job at handling himself, not letting that Philadelphia media get to him. I guarantee the Eagles had a conversation. Bob Lang, guarantee you, had a conversation with that guy or that guy's key fob would be taken from him. He ain't asking shit like that again. Not the way the Eagles handle themselves with the media in that market. They ain't going to ever let anybody talk like that to any of their players. And that's one of the only times I went, okay, yeah, that Ruben Frank guy, you know he got a he got a talking to. You're not gonna you're not gonna talk shit like that to a kid on his greatest day. I get it if maybe something happened again, but Ruben Frank attacked the kid for no reason because she, and it wasn't that because the kid was denying anything bad happened. It was that he didn't think he he, he was sorry enough. Like he's some sort of psychologist. He's like Philadelphia sports psychologist for all you guys. He's not sorry enough. Like he knows better. I like to drug test that guy. Okay. It totally, totally has been everything. And I hope he makes a Pro Bowl. Okay. So let's get into some of these names. And I brought some of these names up with Tone. Yeah, yeah, he wanted a hot take at the expense of the kid because he knew he could, you know, rattle him because he's young. He's new in Philly. That's called taking advantage of him. That's when you deny access and accessibility to people like that because you don't allow that. If, if Jalen Carter had gone out and he was going down Broad Street and, and he was drag racing, that's one thing. But the first day to kid, he don't even have a helmet yet. He don't even have a helmet yet. I don't really think you're sorry. I was like, what a tool. What an absolute tool. Ruben Frank. Holy cow. I guarantee he still does his column on a typewriter. All right, let's move on here. I want, I'm sick of that guy. Um, potential trades. I talked a little bit of these names with tone here. Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. Do the Eagles need another wide receiver? I would say no to that. Even though I think Marshmallow Watkins is not the guy. I really love the dude from Atlanta. I think that guy should get more reps, and you need to take away Quez Watkins' reps. Quez Watkins, in my book, as we're getting in to the second quarter poll of the season, to me, in my opinion, 
I'm saying this to you. I want that guy's reps taken from him. Okay? I want his reps taken and given to him. He's earned it. I love what he was doing on that touchdown run for AJ. He has totally earned his playing time. Justin Simmons. What do you guys think? Safety. I'm going to get to all the names that I, from what I'm hearing, again, you guys know that I know a couple NFL head coaches who have been on this program, and they gave me a couple names that are guys that they're going to be floating around out there, okay? What about Justin Simmons? Justin Simmons, safety. Justin Simmons, put that name down. What would you be willing to give up for him? Remember something, the Broncos are a prime team because they're going to be one in five after Thursday night's game against Kansas City, and they're going to want to start selling everything off. What would you give up for him? How old is he? How old is Justin Simmons? A fourth? No way. That's going to have to be more. How old is Justin Simmons? Justin Simmons is 29. He's 29. Maybe a fourth is right. A fourth? He's 29 years old. A fourth? That's right up at that's would we agree? That's right up. That's right up Howie Roseman's alley there. That's in his ballpark. 29 years old, fourth rounder. Okay. Boy, I tell you what, you'd be really old in that back end, man, with the 30-year-old uh corners. Man, you'd be pretty old back there. Slot guys older, you'd be you'd be really old back there. You're gonna have to, have to completely revamp that thing. You know, your young guys haven't really gone in there yet, like Sidney Brown and them guys. Well, Reed Blankenship's back there. Fourth round 20. Okay, I like that. Now, here, I want to redress this thing. Would you give up for Patrick Sertain? A one, which will most likely be between 29 and 32. Let's go there. 29 and 32. Almost at the beginning of the first, second round. Didn't the Broncos give up 70 points? We don't need them. Didn't you lose to the... Didn't you lose to the Commanders last year? Stop at that. Okay, so you don't want Patrick Sertain either. Holy cow. All right. You're going to probably have to give up for Patrick Sertain. The 29th pick 
a second rounder. Think about all those compensation picks you're getting too. I think you're going to have to give up the 29th pick, two seconds, and potentially a fourth for a 23-year-old all-pro corner who you won't find anybody in the draft with that high skill and that high talent. And on top of that, you're going to be able to have him on a rookie deal, and then you can franchise him if you had to for the next three years. And how he has sucked at drafting corners. Too much for an all-pro corner that you're going to completely have to that you're going to completely have to deal with. Okay? Yale goes, they're not trade. He doesn't have a say on where they're being traded. He he doesn't have a say. I wouldn't give up those draft pick sales. Ibanez, he's a corner that could play there for 10 years. Okay? He could play 10 years there. Okay? Okay? He could play there 10 years. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to take a time out here. Um, okay. So if we can, I'd appreciate it right now. Tone, I got to take a quick time out. Okay. Keep it here on the national football show. Hooters, the perfect pair. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Wild, wild, wild. 
Score and save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hey, listen, guys, we have a little bit of an emergency here, and so we're going to have to uh, sign off here till tomorrow. Um, we appreciate everybody. Thank you so much. We've got a little bit of an issue. Nothing to worry about. We thank you very much, and we will see you tomorrow. Hey, Tone, Xander, Joe, thank you guys um, a lot. I apologize for this. We will see you tomorrow, and we shall see you on the flip side. Hooters, the perfect pair. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.